Hey everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood fantasy drafter, Damon. This week, we thought we would try to bring a positive light to the fact that thousands of children are going back to school this week or the next, if they haven't started already. School movies, a criminally underrated subgenre, elicit the feelings of having the rest of your life ahead of you. They show characters at a time in their lives when, usually anyways, the hardest struggle they have to face is finding a date to prom or ace in the algebra finals. What I think they do best is show the relationships and emotional struggles teenagers or even preteens and college kids have to go through. Welcome to Planet Fantasy, and this is the A-Team of School Movies Draft. to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast, and we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Kyle, how's it going today? Pretty good, man. Um, how are you? Not too bad. Uh, just had a problem with my fridge, but you know, it's done, over with. I'm ready to attack this draft. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. And we are, um, of course, joined by um, our lovely guest, Olivia Smith. How are you, Olivia? Hi, I'm good. How are you both? Doing great. Not Good. too bad. Yeah, we are. We're so happy to have you back. We had so much fun with the um, the Hogwarts uh, rehousing draft, uh, despite your your terrifying opinions about Dobby. But um, I'm still, <laughs> still, I'm still sad shit. about that. Still getting <laughs> from you. I'll never not I'll bring that. Up. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I'm right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Yes, um, it, it seems that that's been one of our more popular uh, episodes, too. So, you know, shout out to that. Uh, thank oh, you good. for embracing us. <laughs> um, good. But guys, uh, we, we, you know, when we were thinking about what we were going to do for this week's episode, we thought uh, it's August as far as uh, America's concerned. I'm not sure when y'all go back over there, Olivia, but um, here everyone's pretty much heading back to school right now or next week, if not already. Um you know, we thought we'd lift uh, all everyone's spirits uh, by giving them a, a nice trip down Nostalgia Lane. You know, instead of going to school in masks, they get to relive it with some nice prom and dramatic uh, tension with high school tomfoolery. So we're doing our A-team of school movies. Yeah, that's yes. right. So we are um, essentially picking our four, um, basically our four, just uh, essential school movies. And that can just, I mean, the definition can be anything for us. This is really just our personal picks. Um, we're not necessarily saying best, just the ones that we think, you know, define what a school movie is. Um, and yeah, so um, I think without further ado, we want to get into the, the list game to decide our order. Yes, yes, indeed. All right, so um, this week we are keeping it pretty simple. We're going to just go with uh, fictional schools. I mean, that can apply to anything, movies, TVs, whatever. Um, we just have to clarify what it's, uh, what it's from. Um, so Olivia, as our guest, you want to go ahead and kick us off? Okay, I'm going to start it um, continuing from our last theme. So I'm going to start with Hogwarts from Harry Potter. 
Very nice. Um, Ever I'll heard go of it? <laughs> Ever heard of it? <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and go second, Kyle, and uh, I'm going to go Mars University in Futurama. Oh, good one. <laughs> um, let's see. So this is a wild guess because I've never actually seen the show, but I'm, off the title alone, I'm going to go with the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> Yeah, that would work, I would say. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll allow it. That's fine. Um, I'm going to go Sunnydale High from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There you go. I was actually going to mention, I just finished the last last episode of Buffy last night. Kyle, like on season five. So once we get to that point of him finishing, we're still going to have some Buffy and Angel podcast. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I know that um, one of your previous guests, Austin, is really into Buffy, and I'm super into Buffy, so let's... This is a chat for off podcast, but let's make that happen. We already Absolutely. have... Yes. Okay, cool. It's it's booked, guys, uh, in about two, three months. It's <laughs> okay, <up>. great. <laughs> um, so you, you're going Sunnydale High. I'm going UC yeah. Sunnydale. Ooh, nice. that was another one. Yeah, good one. Um, let's see. Smallville High from Smallville. Ooh. Classic. Um, I'm gonna go Greendale Community College from Community. Love it. Um, I'm going Penbrook University from Boy Meets World. Ooh, deep cut. One of my favorites. Um. All right, fine, Damon. I'm gonna go John Adams High School from Boy Meets yeah. World. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about. <laughs> I feel like we're going deep cuts super early. I feel like there are so many more. Like, yeah. Oh God, more before Boy Meets World. But I'm here for it. Um, I'm gonna go. Wait, is it me? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go um, Springfield Elementary from The Simpsons. Good one. Good one. Um, I'm going. What's the matter, you? From Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I just wasn't expecting. That was the last thing I thought anyone was going to say. I'm here for it. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. Um, let's go with... So Damon was pretty flexible about the rules for this. So I'm going to go with the Jedi Academy. <laughs> Ooh, I like that a lot. Very flexible, we'll allow it. Um, okay, cool. I've gone real route one on this, so there's only no uh, external. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go Rydell High from Greece. Nice, Ooh, very nice. Um, okay, I am going with man, and this is where I'm blanking, guys. Uh-oh. There's so many. Come on. There's so many. Um, That's a five. Ridgemont High. <laughs> nice. Wait, what did you say? Fat, uh, Ridgemont High. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Mm-hmm. I love yeah, it. Okay. Um, all right, let's see. Um... Uh, Metropolis University. Oh, okay. Okay, there we go. Okay. Um, 
do 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 um hawkins middle school from stranger Ooh. things yeah that's a good one um i'm going odessa high school friday night lights oh, such a good show um never never seen it if you don't like american football it still has a bunch of teen drama <laughs> and Kyle Chandler. Oh, I am going to butcher the full name, but uh, the Xavier Institute for Gifted Youngsters. That's close enough. <laughs> There's yeah, a mutant nice. in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, we'll go yeah. with that. Is there, though? Okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's there, though. I, I don't think that is true. I. I feel like they wouldn't be that brazen about it, but that's, that's fine. Um, do, do, do. I'm going to go uh, Chilton Prep from Gilmore Girls. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going One Tree Hill. Nice. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Hill Valley High from Back to the Future. Ooh, okay. Ooh, okay. Um, mm, Rushmore Academy from Rushmore. Nice. Mm, These, um, it's the, I think it's the, what is it called? The uh, science uh health institution of technology I, I cannot think of every word of it um from oh man i'm gonna roll with a different one because i cannot think of that <laughs> um I'm, I'm bowing out i can't think of anything oh no go on then Kyle. all right um I think that's it for me too. I just I'm really glad because then I was going to start getting into schools from my picks, and I was really nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought of one: Monsters University. Oh shit! Just watch that movie. That's a good one. Oh, that's a really good one. So, Olivia, you win the list game. Ooh. Congratulations. Thunderous Thank applause. You oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Just one singular clap is really what the <laughs> gal goes for when she wins the competition. Um, I don't... So, I get to pick where I go in the draft, right? Uh, you pick the entire order. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry, excuse me. Um, I don't know... I need to ask your guys' opinion about, and you can, you might be, you might um, butcher this for me, but where do you think is best to go in the draft? Do you think it's best to go third, so then you get a double pick in a row, or do you think it's better to go like first or second, so you're like, like second because you're then closer to getting the pick again? Like, what's your vibe? You want us to tell you our strategy? <laughs> yes. Is that, is that what you're asking us, Olivia? <laughs> I think she's. I think she's counting on the the good nature of our hearts. Yeah, I, think, I am. I, I forgot. I forgot that at home today. So, um, 
Okay. I will say this. Okay. I always look at it like this. If you have one pick that you just can't not have, go Mm -hmm. for it. If you have if you have a lot of picks that you're like, okay, I'm good, go go with the last pick. Second is if you just want to feel spicy. So Okay, I'm gonna go. I am gonna go second because I feel like Ooh. I just have one, and then I just have to wait two. And I feel like there's less of a less of a wait. I'm gonna go second. Good call. And then I want I want Kyle to go first. Okay. No. Mm. Oh. Yeah. No. Kyle go first, and then Damon. Oh, I'm gonna regret this. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> go on. All right. Well, I'll do the turn. All right then. That is our order. Um, and if, if anyone doesn't have any questions, we're going to start the, uh, the draft of the A-team of school movies. I'm so okay. ready to get so angry. <laughs> I'm so ready to piss you off. Um, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> okay, go on. Well, so I'm going to get the obvious out of the way. Um, this is one that I had on my list and I kept taking it off. I just, th- these movies are like so many different things. I don't necessarily think of them as school movies first, but so I'm going to go with Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Um, oh. Now I picked this one for a very specific reason. It's interesting because in our lovely little, little Facebook group, anytime you hear me mention Harry Potter, it's usually followed by a scathing remark about the Goblet of Fire movie because I absolutely hate it. Um, but <laughs> this is where we're getting into semantics because this is about school movies, right? Um, so this is right smack in the middle of their, their time at Hogwarts, uh, puberty could not be higher. Um, hair could not be higher. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The outfits are just ridiculous. There's a, is that why you hate it? That's about 50%. Um, I relate. Uh, Um, there's a freaking school dance. Like we don't see that in any other movie. And I just think that no other movie and book, by the way, no other movie or book in this series captures like the feeling of being at a school. And especially like that feeling of being when you're like surrounded by your friends all school year, you start to kind of get tired of them after a while, like no matter how Mm. close you are. Um, And obviously that's the case in this. There's a lot going on in this story with, you know, the Triwizard tournament and all that, but the stuff with like Ron and Hermione, this whole movie, Damon, I know I, it's your boy, Ron, I know, but it's this whole movie and book is just a big old tough look for Ron. Like he's just, but he's just, but it's so real though. Like it's so true to life when you hit that age and you start kind of like these feelings come out of nowhere and you have no idea how to deal with them and like process them. You end up sometimes like Ron. Um, and just like the back and forth between him and Hermione is so true to life. The idea of like them meeting um, students from Bobaton and, uh, and Durmstrang, that's always a new experience at school, you know, going on a field trip and seeing another school and you lose your mind. Um, <laughs> I think that I just, yeah, this movie just epitomizes like the school experience for me, um, especially all the angst. Like my other picks are kind of just about like the, like the like simple life of high school or whatever but um this one is like all about angst and just all of that you go through right around that age of like 14 15 um and things just start getting really complicated (laughs) and the hair i gotta say it again the hair is just magnificent yeah it's pretty bad 
The hair, <laughs> the hair is not good. It's it's not good. It's not good at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that's my first pick. I just had to get the obvious out of the way real quick. Um, but yeah. Okay, Olivia, really how do you feel about the Goblet of Fire being the first overall pick in this this wide pool of school movies? Okay, yeah. I, so I get that you you had to get harry potter and you know i i was worried that you were just gonna say harry potter as a whole and i was gonna make you pick uh a specific movie um because i'm not gonna say that i wouldn't fall back on one in a pinch if things go south here so i <laughs> that you just pick one specifically i think it's a really good one to pick i actually really like the movie i know that it um messes around with a lot of really key plot points but i think it's one of the ones that um I think addresses sort of like some of the interesting messages. I mean we we can get into Dumbledore, but I don't want to. Um, <laughs> um but I I really like the movie and it addresses, you know, I think it's a criticism of the Harry Potter series that it spends too long too much time um focusing on like the teen angst bits of the book, whereas in like in the books they're sort of like supporting plot lines, um, where it makes them sort of superior plot lines i guess um i think you know the 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 triwizard tournament is done really well um it's heartbreaking you know it's the first time you really get a sense of what's gonna happen um going forward and like it's a real like tonal shift um and i think yeah it sums up that kind of that time particularly when you're like 14 15 at school and you don't know what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what's going on and like i feel like they sort of sum that up uh, yeah really nicely and it's got the classic my go-to gif which is Harry smiling at Cho and the pumpkin juice was out his mouth <laughs> like I mean you tell me that that's never happened to you because it's it, only yes. every social interaction I've had <laughs> yeah. it happens to me when I'm alone in my house like I just <laughs> smile at something and juice will fall out of my mouth so like I <laughs> I relate you know and Damon what do you think um, so I, you know, I'm not feeling this for this first overall pick, but I can't hate a Harry Potter movie getting picked because no. they, they are all about the school experience. Yes, it's a school about going to, to Hogwarts and learning magic, you know, and it's, it's about flying on brooms and all that fun stuff that we never will get to do. So, you know, I'll never get to experience. Thank you so much. <laughs> but anyway, um, never say never, Damon. Goblet of Fire. I really do enjoy the the movie. Uh, the book is one of my favorites, of course. Um, but like you said, the movie uh, allows you to feel the the high the school experience because there's so many events going on. And to me, school was just just event after event. Uh, it's something happening at one after another. Like school, for the most part, was was always giving you things to do, things to you know find a, 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 ha- a hobby or to find a group to latch onto for the most, you know, school has a lot of uh, cons, but school for the most part does a decent job of that. Um, yeah. And so Goblet of Fire really feels awesome because, you know, you have the, the uh, opposing schools coming, you have the, the drawing of the Goblet of Fire. Um, you have the events themselves, the Triwizard Tournament, each one's just big and massive in scope. And, uh, I, I just love that feeling of, you know, um, the, the opposing schools especially brings that different feel, whereas all the other movies in the series don't really give you that, you know, 
you get the rivalry, mm-hmm. the rivalry with the uh, houses, of course. But at the end of the day, you're seeing each other all the time. It's nothing quite like, uh, you know, facing someone who's, you know, miles away and you don't even know much about them. You know, you just want to beat them for your school pride. So, I, you know, I can't hate on this pick. I, I, you know, not first, not first, Kyle, but I do like mm-hmm. Gullet, especially for the school experience. So A plus for that one. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. So, Olivia, what's your going to be your first pick? Ooh, okay. So I'm torn between two, which makes me think, God damn, I should have just gone third. Um, okay. So I think I'm going to go for like one of the obvious ones first. Um, so my first pick is going to be a classic turn of the millennia teen high school movie America, in Set in America. Um, I'm going to go for 10 Things I Hate About You. Ooh, great movie. Um, have you both seen this movie? Oh, yes. so many Okay, great. Um, So I sort of had like my little sort of like personal trifecta of teen high school movies, like like 90s, early noughties. And I picked this one, uh, I'll sort of go into why, but like, so it's based on um, William Shakespeare, like Taking and the Shrew. Um, I didn't read that in school. I don't know if like either of you did. Um, I went to an all girls Catholic school and I think it's a decidedly like too sexy a play to um <laughs> to talk about <laughs> to talk about schools um but basically um it's just about like a woman that's like really quick-witted and really sharp and really like um feisty and then like a man just like uh pretty much like beats her into submission um so that her younger sister can marry another man so the plot the film like sort of takes that plot um and sets it in padua high school which is a real like I don't know if you guys remember this but that school I remember watching the movie like it came out in 1999 I watched this movie when I was like when it came out so I was probably like nine or ten and um I was just like completely agar like agar at the scale of that school like it looks insane um and it's like a real school in Newcastle, I think um and basically uh Julia Stiles you know my great love she plays um Katarina cat and she is just like I think I've just never seen a character that was just unabashedly like herself and she knew what she was about especially at that age like um she's just calling out people like left right and center um like within the first five minutes she kind of gets kicked out of her English class for calling out like white male privilege and hilariously she kind of gets called out herself by her black teacher just being like oh yeah you've got loads of struggles like get out of my classroom (laughs) um which I always like so from the get-go like the film is sort of aware of itself and it's aware that it's telling like a pretty like upper class uh like white privilege story um which I really enjoy (laughs) like re-watching it again I was like that's really cool and he just calls out these um white guys dressed as Rastafarians which just makes me laugh uh, a lot um and so she kind of gets um put in the middle of this bet where her her younger sister can only date when she dates so they kind of gets embroiled in this bet scheme where Heath Ledger's character then asks her like takes her out um but at no point even though she's at like the center of this bet she's never like being manipulated like um she's constantly like herself the whole time um and there's like the classic scene where Patrick like Heath Ledger's character like runs down the bleachers like singing Valley at her and um 
but she pretty much is just unequivocally like he asks her how she is when they first meet and she's like I'm sweating like a pig actually how are you and I think just seeing like a girl that of school age just being yeah like unequivocally herself like for a movie that was released in the late 90s there's no like makeover moment like there's no her walking down the stairs like having had this like luxurious makeover um it's actually like all the men around her that kind of soften like her father and Patrick and stuff um and also like I really appreciate this movie because I rewatched it at the weekend and it really takes it allows itself to like breathe when it needs to um I find that like comedies that I watch maybe like specifically teen comedies but not necessarily like a lot of Jada Patel movies like they will like say a joke and then there'll be like a pause right after where they are like assuming the audience is going to be laughing a bunch whereas this movie kind of really just like keeps going like rolling with the punches but then it has these like tender moments where like at school or at like a like a high school party where like Julia Stark character is drunk and like her and Heath Ledger have this real like heart to heart and they have like a conversation about consent and like it like the pacing of it is really nice um and yeah I just think it um like opposed to like the other sort of teen high school movies that I was going to pick this one feels a bit more like grounded in what people even though it's like based around this ridiculous bet which you know doesn't happen I don't think um I think it's like a bit more grounded in reality um uh, and that's not to say anything. Like, I haven't even started talking about the cast. Like, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in this movie. Um, like, just coming like right off the back of, um, I was going to say Thirty Rock. I say that all the time. Third Rock. Um, and like, you've got David Cromwell, who is like underrated in everything. Like, he was in Serenity. Like, that's what I know him from. Playing Mr. Universe in Serenity. I love that movie. Um, You've got Alison Janney, like, coming just before West Wing came out. So she yeah. was, like, a couple of months away from, like, really being, like, a known, like, adored Hollywood actress. And she is unbelievable in this movie. Like, one of the opening scenes is her writing her erotic novel in the office. <laughs> it creates all these, like, really perfect, like, the supporting cast is just perfect. And there's no, there's no duds. And, like... Shout out to Gabrielle Union, making her, like, pre-bring it on, rise to fame with the classic, like, can you ever just be whelmed line. Um, So I'd say, like, out of the three that I was, like, maybe going to pick, it's probably not my favourite. Like, the other two that I would have picked, I probably watch more and quote more. I actually think this is a better movie and uh, it's better at sort of um, talking about teen relationships and what it all means and talking about, like, sex and relationships and rumors and bets and stuff and I just think it's um even though it's really well loved I think it's sometimes overlooked and that's why it's my first pick yeah Damon uh what do you think of this pick um I love this pick this was definitely on my list um it was there yeah. in my reserves if if you know if my other picks got chosen um I didn't have it as high just because it isn't one of my personal favorites um mm-hmm. like, I think I enjoy a lot of others more uh, they are maybe a little bit more um theatrical and just more exaggerating you know and you know i i like like the funner turn sometimes and but with this Mm -hmm. i I love heath ledger's performance and Mm -hmm. chemistry he has with julia styles is so good i think well apparently 
Moves Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, apparently they were really dating during that time, and you can, I think, you can tell, like, their um, chemistry is off the charts. It's it's yeah. so it's so high. Like, maybe one of the most like chemistry filled like romances I could see on screen in like a teen movie. It like mm-hmm. by far they they hit it so well, and he is such a great performer. I love every role he's done, and. Mm-hmm. uh I, I really like the, you know, it, it's fun. It's it's warm and light. I wouldn't really even call it a comedy so much, you know. Um, it has yeah. some light humor moments, but it's more about just the romance and, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. the, the school uh, romance more than anything. And I really mm-hmm. like that too. And it's probably more authentic as far as what happens in a high school than a lot of others. So I, I, I love this pick for, for your first one. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah. Um, over the years, there have been very specific actors to make me question my sexuality. And the first of those <laughs> was very much Heath Ledger in this movie. Um, those wet jerry curls. Woo! Changed my life. Uh, yeah. I mean, this you guys said it. This movie is to think that this movie came out in 1999 just blow. I mean, that blows my mind. It's so cleverly written. It's definitely one. I don't know, you know, any of y'all's other picks, but as far as mine go, this is the one that probably holds up the most. Um, it is really kind of like a, a timeless movie. Um, I guess technically it's the first Shakespeare, excuse me, Shakespeare movie I saw. Um, but it, mm. yeah, it, it is, you know, it, it's, it's so clever. It's so well-written. Um, Julia Stiles is just a, an underrated talent. I think um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just killing it in this movie. I, I love yeah. it. I mean, it's Damon said it perfectly in that. Yeah, it's. It, I wouldn't even think of it as a comedy first and foremost. It's just a like. It's just a very clever and well written movie, and you leave it thinking like, "Wow!" To think that like, because I remember I came to it pretty late in life, and I wasn't avoiding it, but I like I had heard of it before, and it just kind of seemed. I mean, it's a ninety nine high school movie, so I was like, "Oh, I, I'm pretty sure I know everything that happens in this movie." Um, mm-hmm definitely not the case uh it's a very smart movie does a lot for the the genre um and yeah i mean i there's not much that that you guys haven't already covered but it's just i think it's just its biggest strength is is the writing um Mm. it holds up for sure uh i actually have not watched this one in a very long time so this just uh inspired a rewatch so thank you olivia (laughs) it's on disney plus who knew oh wow interesting yeah yeah um, and also we have to mention i mean it has one of the better i think ending like monologue quote like interact climaxes you know oh, as far as the quote in the uh you know the speech the 10 things i hate about you then it actually ends with the band letters for cleo performing on the roof of the school which is just dope <laughs> like and then if you're a bit a parks and rec fan like letters for cleo make uh let's Cleo make a, a you know a big resurgence with Ben Wyatt and it's just nice to see them popping up every so often yes very much so. <laughs> love good music um okay mm. then so I'm going to have my first two picks guys and y'all really messed up letting me have these I'm really annoyed <laughs> Jesus okay, sorry I, you were going to go with my first pick Olivia but then you didn't so I, I had a sigh of relief um but I'm going with uh my first one, I had to think of what really encapsulates the, uh, the school experience. And then I wanted to go with something that was uh, a little volatile, something witty and clever and sharp, but very satirical. 
in nature. So I'm going with the 2004 comedy Mean Girls. Um, Wonderful. Directed by Mark Waters and written by Tina Fey, you know, the genius herself. Um, It takes the life of Katie Heron and her adventures that start after moving to Evanston, Illinois. Um, Beforehand, she was in Africa with her family on a research trip. Uh, They're zoologists. So she's never actually been to a school before, um, which thinking back on that, that sounds kind of a weird kind of racist thing to say. we'll go past that and we'll go back to that maybe but um let's not examine tina fey's relationship with race too closely on this podcast yes um it is there um so she goes to her new school she tries to make friends doesn't do very well but eventually befriends janice and damien uh to what you would call outsiders you know um and they're really fun characters. I, I, I love their actors. Um, they bring a lot of the great lines to this movie, um, especially Damien. Like, some of the most iconic lines by Damien, I have to say. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they essentially explain the uh, hierarchy of the high school to her. You know, you have all the different cliques and who works with who and who doesn't talk to who. And to avoid the elite of the elite, the plastics, the popular chicks, um, led by Regina George, played by Rachel McAdams, who's one of my favorite actresses. Uh, she just kills every role she's in. Um, and this one was just so venomous. Um, it was played amazingly. And so, you know, when uh, Katie gets on their radar, Janice decides to uh, ask her to, uh, you know, play buddy-buddy with them and uh, spy on them, you know, just see what they can learn. So this happens And Katie, you know, slowly starts becoming a member of the Plastics, you know, kind of on probationary. Um, She learns about this burn book, of course, you know, uh, this rumor full of rumors and insults that they have written about everybody in school, all the teachers. And uh, so the plan is to uh, figure out a way to turn that against the Plastics. So Katie's doing some espionage work, you know. And so, of course, we go through the movie and we're getting her... And we see her downfall. We see her becoming a plastic. We see her um, wanting to be popular and, uh, you know, succumbing to the uh, all the stuff that comes with it. You know, everyone wanting to be your friend and, you know, you know, just having eyes all on you. Um, so this kind of causes a rift between her and her friends, Janice and Damien, um, all while she is uh, pining for the affections of Aaron, who uh, was the ex-boyfriend of Regina who then they hook up and get back together. And so Katie, you know, hatches a plan to, you know, ruin Regina. And, uh, you know, it involves some Swedish nutritional bars that uh, definitely doesn't help (laughs) at all. Um, You know, and then Regina's kind of reputation is just kind of thrown to the wayside and she's no really uh, no longer a plastic. Katie's taken her spot as, you know, queen bee. Um, and she kind of, you know, she all did this for Aaron, but she's liking everything else about it. And so, you know, you're, you're getting this, you're, you're really getting to see, um, the cost of popularity in high school and, you know, what kids will really go, what links they'll go to, to get it and how important it is to them, you know? Um, and just to let y'all know, it's really not that important anymore, guys, <laughs> as an adult. But <laughs> yeah. life or death, yeah, you know. And it, it seems really, 
doesn't it? It's just like yeah, yeah it's so interesting. <laughs> um, but you know, eventually, uh, Regina, you know, she finds out what Katie did. She uh, releases the burn book out to everyone, so everyone's just fighting. It's chaos, which is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. And of course, our boy uh, Tim Meadows breaks it out up as the pr- principal Duval, I believe. And uh, we get this really great scene of um, where we're going to have a uh, Tina Fey talking to her class. Um, and, but before we go forward, we're going to take a quick break, guys. All right, guys, welcome back. We just had to take a just real quick break, but um, Damon was just uh, wrapping up telling us about his his first pick, Mean Girls. Yes, of course. So, you know, um, of course, everyone's seen this, but if you haven't, I'm just giving you that real quick breakdown and what makes it so good. You know, we're we're right after that big, crazy brawl in the middle of the school. All the girls are just going at it. And uh, so eventually it's broken up and we're at the assembly in the gym with Miss Norberry, you know, played by Tina Fey, the math teacher. And uh, she's just trying to to get all the the students, all the girls to bond and try to realize that they're in this together. There's no reason for them to to hate each other and to be at each other's throats. And so they all start this awesome like apology train. And it's, you know, it's really it's really great and beautiful. And then we get to Janice, who opts for uh, chaos. <laughs> and, uh, and she tells the plan of uh, her and Katie to, uh, you know, infiltrate the plastics and Regina's just distraught and runs out. You know, Katie chases her, and this is where we get the the crazy ass uh, scene where Regina gets hit by a freaking bus, <laughs> and and so yeah, that happens. That actually happens, and you know, <laughs> rumors go around that Katie pushes her, and Katie decides to take the blame for the burn book, and we see Katie, Katie on her you know trail to redemption. She's uh, owning up to everything, trying to be a better person. She essentially, you know, steps away from the plastics. She joins the mathletes, you know, to help them lead them to a, to a win, to a championship, you know, answers the tiebreaker question. Uh, I cannot remember what the question was, but it was a really good one. Um, you know, and then we, we get her, you know, making amends with the plastics. And then we get to the spring fling dance, you know, where once she is a crowned queen, she, uh, instead of accepting it, breaks pieces of her tiara off and passing them out to other girls, saying that they're all going to be queens uh, together because they all deserve it in their own way. You know, she was just a really cool way to, you know, end it like that. You know, she makes amends with Regina finally and everyone else. And uh, with that, we get that little high school uh, ending at towards the end of, uh, you know, showing the epilogue of what everyone's up to, you know. And at the very end, we see the reveal of the junior plastics. And uh, that's the movie, you know? So uh, I I just love this movie. Yeah. Uh, Olivia, what do you think of this pick? Um, I, confession time, I don't think I've ever seen this movie the whole way through. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I know that you were just like, I thought you were going to say something. Not anywhere near my radar at all. Um, so yeah, I thank you for the breakdown of the plot because I wouldn't necessarily, I don't think I would have known it. So thank you. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, yeah, I think I've just seen like 
clips via memes and like maybe watched a half hour here or there but yeah I um it is like I'm obviously aware of it and it is like a quintessential teen movie um I am a big fan of Tina Fey like um I think she's great and this was at like Lindsay Lohan peak I would say um she was just knocking them out of the park during this time (laughs) Um, a real big fan um and obviously Rachel McAdams like I can't fault her and obviously I don't I'm not sure I even recognize her as Regina I just think like Regina is such like a all-encompassing figure like I can't when I watch Rachel McAdams in other stuff I don't conflate the two (laughs) at all and like that's really confusing for me maybe just because I haven't watched it probably but like um I think she just like really embodies that um from what I've seen like yeah she just really embodies that like mean girl vibe and uh, we all know the type and uh yeah I think she does it really well Kyle what do you think yeah, I um, this movie, first of all, is just truly like one of the most quotable movies of all time. Um, I think that it's funny that so Olivia mentioned that she's, you know, she's seen bits and pieces of it and then just experienced it through memes. And I, it really has found like a second life because memes are a thing like it. it, it it's just such a quotable movie. Um, also, I just want to mention, too, you have four of SNL's best I mean, firing on all cylinders. You got Tina Fey, you got Tim, Tim Meadows. Uh, you can't forget Amy Poehler. And uh, Anna, 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 Anna Gasteyer, um, just phenomenal supporting cast, like Damon mentioned. But also, the movie isn't what it is without Lindsay Lohan and uh, Regina George. They're they're great. Um, I think the movie, more than anything, since we're talking about school movies, it really captures like the how everything is so extreme when you're in high school. Like everything mm-hmm. is li- life or death, and everything is the end of the world. Um, and that's like that's this movie to a T. Um, but yeah, it's it's an endlessly quotable movie. You also get a really great um, kind of early performance from Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, love Lizzie Kaplan. Um, oh, she's just great. She's she the best. Um, yeah, just love this movie. Uh, Mark Waters. I I'm really sad that he's not put out anything, you know, to this caliber since. But um, I have faith because you know he had. Uh, he and Lindsay Lohan fr- had Freaky Friday and this back-to-back year after year. And I, I don't care what anyone says. I stand Freaky Friday until the day I die. Freaky Friday. Oh, that's a, that's a, a classic. It's a phenomenal movie. Um, it's so good. But, I mean, yeah, this this movie is just, it really, it, this is a great pick just because, especially as, you, as your first pick, because it sets the bar of, like, this really just captures that that high school vibe. And especially, like I said, just everything is extreme. Everything is life or death. Um, and they, they really take that kind of concept and run with it. So great thing. Right. Thank mm-hmm. you. Like I, I really wanted to, I, I love this movie because it really showed like the new kind of more modernistic, uh, kind of fresh, shiny take on the school experience. You know, it's in like somewhere in Cali, I believe, uh, they're all rich and privileged and it's not even about anything real. It's just about them moving up in school. It's just about, you know, being liked. And so it has mm-hmm. absolutely gravity except for the fact that they give it that gravity you know the fact that they care so much really makes you invested and I I love seeing you know just it really depicting just how vicious school can be for people um for Mm -hmm. kids so I I love this movie and you need to watch it all the way through Olivia (laughs) I will okay I will one day (laughs) (laughs) okay so I, I I got my mean girls pick and thankfully, my second pick uh, was still on the board. 
uh, to me, I feel like this is the quintessential school movie and the fact that it shows you the type of people that go to school and who they really are. And so for this pick, I'm going with Breakfast Club. Oh, of course. Yes. Um, Of course, technically, we really don't see any school happening. It is a Saturday detention, you know, or or was it even a Sunday detention? Because they said they were going to see them the next day at school. So I'm still confused on that part. I think they played fast and loose with what time means during that movie. John Hughes will never forgive you. John, <laughs> hey, John Hughes is amazing. I, <laughs> I love John Hughes. This is probably my favorite of his. Um, it's so well done. You have the cast is just breathtaking uh, when you look at who you have. Um, but, you know, I, I love this because it shows you you know, the, the stereotypes of what you see in so many school movies going forward, even after this movie, you got the jock, the uh, outsider kind of bad boy. You have the, the preppy girl, you have the, um, just kind of the, the loser, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you really you put them in this room, this room of detention where they can't go anywhere at all. They can't do anything, but just talk. And it's a movie where literally nothing happens except them talking and bonding. And to me, high school was about that experience right there. It was about meeting, you know, for your, your future friends and, and, and finding that connection over something, over your, your parents or that thing you like or you hate and, and bonding and becoming friends or, or even if not having that experience to latch on to for the rest of your life. Uh, so many experiences in high school really, I believe, shape who we are. And uh, I really love like having this little snapshot in these these students' lives to show this day and to see what they can be and what they might go to do next. And we'll never know. But uh, I, I just love to show it. I felt like it was really cool to show their connections uh, together. So I, I love I love this movie, The Breakfast Club. Uh, what do y'all think? What do you think, Olivia? Yeah, I mean, it's. It's a great movie. Um, out of like you say, out of all of John Hughes' um, output, particularly during that time, I think it's um, yeah the best one. It's certainly my favorite. Um, it reminds me of like for me, I have like very sort of like a visceral like um, I remember I associate movies with like memories or like where I was when I watched it or like who I was with or what it reminds me of and like it reminds me of like living the first time I moved out from home because I didn't go to university. So I moved out from home to live with a friend when I was like 18. And we just used to like watch the breakfast club <laughs> all the time. And she had like, she was starting university and we were both just like, Oh God, we're the outsiders. And like, we just really like latched on to that whole um, vibe. And I think it just like taps into like whoever you were in your school, like in terms of all like the clicks and stuff. Um, I think you can sort of like pinpoint yourself in one of the characters during that time. Like even if you're like super popular or sort of like a weirdo or, you know, whatever. Um, I think it just, um, you can really sort of tap into it. And I think they sort of, it's very of its time as well. Like there's sort of things when you watch it back now and you're like, Ugh. but um, <laughs> it, it's certainly, it's, it's not aged bad. Like it, I don't think it's aged badly. I think it's just, um, yeah, I think it's, one of those movies yeah, where you can find yourself in it and I think that's what makes it so special for a lot of people um how yeah. would you think yeah it's it's endlessly relatable I think that's it's it's biggest strength um I uh 
I also I just I'm a sucker for movies that are like contained in one place for the entire film and then just mm-hmm. have, with a really small cast. I think that like it, it, it's this movie feels like a stage play at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that because it's this movie lives and dies on his performances. Um, it's so 80s. It's so incredibly 80s, but I love it. Yeah. I uh, I really, really love the performances. Like Damon, you said, like all these people are just like firing on all cylinders. Um, uh, Molly Ringwald, they go back and forth between Pretty and Pink and this for my favorite performance from her, but they're they're all just so good. Um, most of them all would later show up on one of my favorite shows, Psych. Um, but uh, just a phenomenal movie. Um, John Hughes, uh, yeah, I'll probably echo. It's it's either this or Home Alone is my favorite um, John Hughes movie. But mm. it's just such a fun movie. It's a it's a time capsule for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it, the letter at the end. Like that's still one of my favorite you know ending scenes to a movie um, because and the I music think, and yeah oh. yeah it's got an incredible soundtrack. Um, and I think that handled like if it wasn't handled with as much sincerity as john hughes does it with that ending really doesn't work and it comes off as really cheesy and it still kind of does mm-hmm. but it, it works like mm-hmm. it's just it, it's very resonant um even today and uh yeah like olivia said you really see yourself uh, with one of these characters no matter where you are in life you're always going to relate to someone in this movie um and whereas in Ferris Bueller the principal is the protagonist thank you very much the principal is just an absolute <laughs> awful person in this movie and i really love that performance too he just messed with the bully get the horns is, is great um yeah really fun movie yes um i i, I had to get this one drafted um thank y'all for letting me get it i love <laughs> movie um i love him in every movie he's just so earnest and and genuine and uh he, he just plays that kind of character really well and he of course he did get typecasted so that that kind of sucked uh, and then, of course, my boy Emilio, Emilio Estevez, the Mighty Duck Man. Um, so good. Uh, that love his take in this. You know, um, he just plays that like stone like look. You know, that just kind of that stone jaw, and he's just kind of staring like he's just mad at the world. He plays <laughs> really well. So good for you, Emilio. Um, so Kai, I mean, uh, Olivia, let's bring it on to your next pick. Ooh, um, thank you. Um... Again, I'm just sort of like oscillating between two, but I think the one I'm going to go for um, is one that I don't think people think of as a school movie, but it does uh, mostly take place as a in a place of higher education. Um, so the movie I'm going to go with is 2004 Damien Chazelle's Whiplash. Oh, um, great movie. Yeah, so... I'm girling right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle's very happy. Well, might be mad. He loves that movie. Yeah, it was on my list. I'm not going to talk about oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured it might be because I think also um, your friend of mine, Jason Concepcion and Shay Serrano, featured it on their podcast just yesterday. So I was yep. like, I've got to get this one in quick because <laughs> it's now going to be in all of your minds. Um, whereas I thought I was going to maybe fly under the radar with this pick, but now it's kind of like back out there again. Um, certainly for like what you know, the three of us are interested in in terms of people that we enjoy listening to. Anyway, um, so yeah, I saw this film. It came out in 2014. Um, as I say, Damien Chazelle um, directed it. Um, sort of researching this film while I was prepping for this, I didn't realize a bunch of stuff about it. So this film was originally shot as an 18-minute short, 18-minute yep. short. 
um, by Chazelle, who was like frustrated by his inability to get La La Land like off the ground. Um, and you can kind of tell, like there is obviously like the jazz link between the two, um, the kind of brushing over of jazz as a genre by Chazelle is like pretty obvious <laughs> as well. Um, but the movie itself was only shot in 19 days. And then I found that out and then I watched it and I was like, holy shit, like they shot this movie in 19 days. I just like, that astounds me with the amount of, you can feel the tension sort of like rolling off the film as well. Yeah. Um, with that sort of timing. Um, so just as like a quick plot recap, um, Andrew Newman, played by Mars Teller, um, owns a place at Schaefer Conservatory, a fictional um, music school in New York City. Um, he is a drummer that gets headhunted by um, Terence Fletcher, played by our hero. I think we can all agree, J.K. Simmons, um, the absolute man, um, who <laughs> obviously won, as we know, won an Academy Award for this role. Yeah. Um, he gets handpicked for the um, uh, Fletcher's uh, Fletcher's band um, as the um, alternate drummer. Um, and Andrew uses this time. He's feeling really good about himself. He goes and he gets the girl that he's been flirting with at the cinema and he sort of brags to his family about his success. And then Fletcher just, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically abuses um, pretty much everyone in the class without, with you know, with abandon, but particularly focusing on Andrew uh, initially, um, the famous uh, rush or drag scene that has become like the the synonymous thing that people think about when they think about this movie. Um, literally slapping the guy across the face, um, throwing chairs at him, um, doling out homophobic, racist, sexist, anti-Semitic abuse at the character. Um, and Andrew, actually, the drummer, actually takes this on and uses it as motivation to become better. Um, and then um, gets eventually... Uh, gets in a car crash on his way to a performance and gets dropped um, from the band, bumps into Fletcher at a bar, um, playing some really soft jazz. It's a very tender moment. They have a really nice chat. Um, Fletcher invites him to perform uh, that weekend. At, um, I think it's either Carnegie Hall or Lincoln Center. I couldn't quite catch it. Um, with his sort of like other, like he's been fired from his job and he's um, handpicked a band. He is fired because some allegations came forward about his abuse that Andrew contributed to, he thinks anonymously. He gets to the performance. Um, Fletcher reveals that he knew it was Andrew the whole time and presents him with, uh, announces a song that Andrew doesn't have the charts for, the sheet music for. Uh, he flounders and then turns the gig around in the climax of the film and performs the song Caravan, whips yeah. the band, lifts the band into shape and performs with him and sort of has his redemptive uh, fuck you moment. Yeah. Um, and there's the moment where they're both just staring at each other at the end, both with just glee in their <laughs> face, and then it just cuts to credit. Um, so I picked this movie because um, Andrew Newman, Miles Teller, he's a driven, you know, talented, but he's really cursed by the fact that he is ruled by Fletcher um, and the perfection that. Fletcher seeks and that's just inaccessible to anyone no matter how hard they try it's just the perfection that Fletcher has in his mind but he's that kind of teacher that doesn't tell you what he wants he just abuses you until you get there and actually probably you were 
doing it right all along. He just takes a sixth satisfaction in beating the crap out of you until you're crying and then lets you off the hook. Um, I'm not going to say I've had teachers like that, but I've certainly <laughs> had teachers <laughs> that um, they assign themselves as like an idol or a mentor to you um, only to then completely abuse and betray that trust that you you put in them um and I think that's not I know a lot of teachers that and none of them are <laughs> like that at all but I think it's um it's under discussed how teachers can get broken and betrayed and turn into these sort of mangled um excuses for mentors um and I think at the end of the movie you're almost made to think that they have reached like they've both won like Fletcher's been redeemed because he's made this amazing drummer out of Andrew Andrew's won because he proved Fletcher wrong but like neither of them won <laughs> like <laughs> lost Andrew lost his family his relationships his education he gets kicked out of school for like causing a scene um Fletcher is still an abuser um and I read this actually like this real interesting article um before before well I watched the movie and then I was looking it up online I read this really interesting article um that said you know like jazz heads are going to look at this movie and just see like a um a bad jazz movie but if you look at it through the lens of like thinking that it's a horror movie mm. and and like then I watched it again and like the cinematography is wild like everything has a really sickly glow on it like everyone's shot in this like yellow can be used as like quite a warming palette it's not used as warming at all it's proper like everyone looks pale and pallid and the only person that looks warm through the whole thing is Fletcher um the characters are often shown like in isolation with loads of negative space around them and I was thinking like that final scene I was looking at Fletcher when he's like you know grasping his fist in the air like you know urging Andrew on and he's got this look in his eye he literally looks like Dr Frankenstein like creating his monster yeah and that's when the film ends and you're just supposed to be like okay so is this the education system like (laughs) what's going on um I just think it's a really interesting um tale about how you can get Stockholm Syndrome with those who are meant to be your mentors particularly in education you sort of are relying on them to teach you um and that relationship can be abused and it's just an amazing movie like the music obviously is incredible um yeah let's I'll, i will skate over the the sort of um errors or like lack of judgment in terms of how they portray jazz music because it's not we're not talking about that but like um i just think how it portrays you know going to a big city like feeling alone finding someone that you think you have kinship with and then not having that i think that's um something and like when he's breaking up with his girlfriend in the movie um oh no sorry when they go on their first date Nicole who's just an absolute delight through that whole movie she says like it pisses her off when college kids pretend that they're not homesick and I just thought like that was such a great encapsulation of like I mean I didn't go to university but from what my friends said like all of them I spoke to were like oh god I'm really sad and feel very lonely (laughs) and um I just think that's not uh it was just like a really interesting way of portraying what it's like you think you know moving to New York for college that's like a really exciting time and I think we've seen that a lot um but it might not necessarily I think this film showed a really like interesting way of portraying a version of like 
what people really go through maybe not hopefully the extreme but yeah portraying some kind of reality um for when you leave high school because a lot of movies about high school finish and you think they're going off they're like we're gonna go to college and like that's supposed to be a really good thing but then like it's uh, not <laughs> it's, uh, it, doesn't, it can be it sure can be I'm sure but um I think there's a lot of you're 18 and you're somewhere else that you don't know and yeah you're meeting people that you've never met before like you know you're meeting the kinds of people that you've never met before or encountered and teachers in college are not the same as they are in high school and I think this movie does a really good job of showing that yeah absolutely um so I this this one was I will say it was on my list and then I took it off shortly before the episode started so um I was forgiven um (laughs) but uh (laughs) <laughs> this movie is just phenomenal. I uh, I mentioned it a couple episodes back when Damon and I did our, our film festival draft. I had this mm-hmm. one uh, in one of my days, and I just think that it's just a uh, just a white knuckle thriller. Um, I'm currently mm-hmm. in the middle of trying to learn the entire soundtrack on drums, and it's slowly driving me insane. Um, <laughs> hashtag Aston Austin Waters, get at me. Um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, this movie, yeah, looking at it through, I mean, I've said so many things about this movie just as a, f- a masterpiece that it is, but looking at it through the lens of a school movie just adds such a cool layer to it because you're right, like going to this kind of new stage of your life and being someone as determined, as, uh, as driven as Andrew, um, and then <laughs> running into someone like Fletcher and then having all of that just completely changed and altered. Um, yeah, you, that's not portrayed a lot in, especially in school movies and high school movies or, or college movies. Um, and so that idea of just him, you know, especially, I just love the back and forth between these two characters because they could not have picked, I mean, everyone talks about JK Simmons as Fletcher, rightfully so he's phenomenal, but Miles Teller does not get enough credit as, as Andrew. No. he's so mm-hmm. good. And he's he's so perfectly put, like walks the line of he's kind of a douchebag, but also he's so yeah he's a shit yeah he because he all he cares <laughs> about is this he cares about being the, the greatest drummer in the world, um, mm-hmm. and that makes him the perfect target for for Fletcher because anyone else and as we see in the movie others do buckle under the uh, you know the pressure and the abuse mm-hmm. rightfully so mm-hmm. um, and he just kind of fights back and uh, the back and forth between them is just I mean it's it, it is it really is a horror movie it really is it's just yeah. terrifying to watch. Um, yeah I was so tense the whole time I was watching it I was yeah. so tense and like I was just like oh shit this is more than just a just a school movie or just a, like a jazz movie or just like a mentor movie it's just there's so much there's so many different things that sort of overlap with it yeah yeah and it's it's clear that at Damien Chazelle uh has a thing for obsession um he just goes at it very differently with this in La La Land um, <laughs> but uh I love both movies I just think this movie is a stone-cold masterpiece and again looking at it through that kind of lens of a, a school movie and yeah just that ending is is something else and you made a really good point about how like it is kind of framed as like a oh they're equals this is so cool he's won his respect and then it's like you you end the movie and your gut kind of drops because you're like wow they're both like they've not grown whatsoever and Mm-mm. my favorite shot in the movie is in that scene it's kind of going crazy they're just you know riffing off each other and the camera cuts to um, really underrated performance from Paul Reiser as Andrew's dad. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. he's backstage watching his son lose his like, lose himself, and he yeah. it's just the camera cuts in on his eyes, and you you see it like the pain in his eyes. Um, it's heartbreaking, but it's it's a mm-hmm. phenomenal movie, 
And I think that it's really clever to look at it through a, the lens of a, a school movie because that just adds that extra layer of like, yeah, they, we don't talk about that a lot. Um, running into a monster <laughs> such as uh, Fletcher and how that can Well, he's really... got... Go Sorry, ahead. go on. Uh, uh, I was just going to say, like, he's his educator. Like, he's got a responsibility to him and he's just a monster. And it's just like, yeah, that happens. It's just, yeah, yeah I just maybe not to that extent, I think, but it could do. And uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really great call. But uh, Damon, what do you think of this big? Yes. So I, of course, still have not seen the movie. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? I know, I know. I have no excuse. Oh, no. <laughs> we've, ta- we've talked about Shit. this. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. I, I, you know, I I know about the movie and I've been meaning to see it. I love Miles Taylor. I love J.K. Simmons. Um, but I just have not got around to it. I still don't think I've been able to find it on a streaming service. I'm just going to end up renting it on Amazon, get it over with. Um, but, you know, I wanted to say the word y'all said, uh, tent, intense or tense. That's the feeling I felt anytime I saw the trailer for this when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just that it gave me that feeling of, wow, this movie is just very, just like it grabs a hold of you and it seems like it doesn't want to let go. Um mm-hmm. Oh, I, I definitely want to see that. And I just want to say first, J.K. Simmons, the only J.K. on this podcast that we stand. And, um, absolutely. <laughs> it's Simmons, so, right? Yes, so it is absolutely yeah, okay. Simmons. Okay, I thought, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. And I was like, no, 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 I don't. <laughs> no, 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 Simmons is the, is the only one. Um, you know, let him catch Spider-Man all he wants. Um, yeah. But <laughs> I... You know, it, I love the idea of, of this movie showing the relationship between, a, you know, a student and a mentor because of mm-hmm. how important that can be to someone's, you know, uh, learning and growth as a person. And then to see how it can be corrupted and how, you know, how unfortunate that can be and what it can turn us into and how mm-hmm. that cycle of life can, you know, it, it, it could just paint that picture of Miles' character. You know, what is he going to be from here? Is he just going to, you know bring this this level of hate and abuse towards the people that he trains and mentors and it just mm-hmm. shows you know, it really sh- i feel like that might shit this uh movie maybe sheds a light on that that cycle of abuse that is very unfortunately prevalent in you know school settings so, yeah, yeah definitely. And, and especially the music school setting i mean that they say there's a lot of stories told in the movie about you know uh fletcher talks about um about uh i think it's charlie parker um mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so he tells a story about him he you know messes up something it's kind of the same scenario he gets berated and abused some stuff thrown at him and he's like you know if if he had been told hey that's all right you did your best good job uh he never would have become the greatest musician that he is or whatever so like there's this this really interesting niche of like music school that is so intent on that stuff and so intent on like they disregard like <laughs> acceptable human behavior to bring greatness out of people that I think is, yeah, it's not talked about a lot and it should be. I, I really like this pick and I'm going to see that movie before it gets talked about on the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's all me. So, okay. Kyle, bring us uh, with your next pick. All right. Um, so for my, my number two, I'm going to go, I obviously started off with a very obvious note. So I'm going to go with one that, um, I don't think a lot of people saw. Uh, it's gotten a bit of a you know a second life um, since it. I think it hit streaming for a while. It's not on Netflix anymore. But um, I was lucky enough to see, to see it in theaters with my mom. Like the first week it came out, fell in love with this movie. 
Um, it's the 2016 movie Sing Street. Um, I just adore this movie. Uh, this mo- First of all, like setting aside, you know, school movies, this movie is just such a joyous experience. It's just so uplifting and, and so positive. Um, I, uh, once again, on that, on that same episode that I talked about the film festival draft, it talks about once and how much I love that movie. This is mm-hmm. the same, same director, um, John Carney. Uh, this movie is set in Dublin, Ireland. Um, like I said, it came out in 2016. It's set in 1985 in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, it follows, uh, Connor, who is, you know, a 15 year old about to go to this new school. Um, he basically, you know, he, he's kind of a bit of an outcast and he, getting picked out picked on a lot by uh the school bully um and he meets uh this girl uh kind of falls in love with her and essentially tells her <laughs> like t- trying to impress her tells her he's part of a band which he of course is not um and so he's kind of scrambling to um a- assemble this this band uh we find out that he's actually pretty good uh he's a good singer he plays guitar um finds some other classmates to to form a band with him um, and he also goes to his older brother, a great performance by, by Jack Rayner, um, who kind of gives him some advice on like what kind of sound he needs to have. You get some really great uh, scenes where he's, you know, giving him the full experience on stuff like The Cure. Um, so it's very it's very much a, like a love letter to to 80s music. But it's also I mean, the movie is uh, a lot of it is set at this school that Connor's at. Um, and it really is just about like that school experience of finding yourself you know he's he's 15 um like i said he's a bit of an outcast and he uh before this all this goes down you he doesn't really have a place in this school um also at home you know his parents are uh on the on the verge of a divorce so he really just kind of feels displaced um throughout the entire movie and so when he finds this uh he forms this band and he meets this girl it's like him kind of finding a new like a a place in life for, for himself which is so important at this age. Um, it's hard to do in school. Um, and so he, you know, we really, we get like a, uh, just a really fun kind of positive uplifting experience and great original music. Um, the, the band is actually pretty good, <laughs> you know, for, for a couple of like 15 year olds, they're really, really good. Um, and it's just a movie about him kind of coming into his own, and uh fall it's it's really sweet romance between him and uh Rafina the girl and uh again it's just kind of that experience like when you're in school especially at that age it's very difficult to like know your place and like with with uh the breakfast club like Damon said you can very get kind of like put into one of those kind of stereotypical roles but even so with that you can feel lost a lot of times um and so the movie really hits that on the head. Um, and then just, you know, the added cherry on top is just a really, really fun soundtrack. And it, I mean, when it hits the emotional beats, it really, really, really hits. Um, it's just, there's a really phenomenal scene with Jack Rayner, who is kind of this older brother, like kind of a slacker older brother. Um, he's played up as a bit of a joke in the movie. Um, and then he has this just amazing kind of explosion just blows up at his younger brother and tells him like, before you came along, I was the the favorite. And just, it's just such a relatable scene. Um, yeah. Just a really fun movie, very uplifting experience and kind of makes you fall in love with like that, that, that age is such a weird time anyway, but it makes you have like fond memories that you didn't even have before of that, of that age and that time um, in your life. 
I, I love that. Um, this sounds like a very like warm and fun movie. Uh, it sounds like just very heartwarming. Uh, is that right, Kyle? Oh, for sure. You will um, leave the theater with the biggest smile on your face. Yes, this, this sounds just like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a very, you know, one of your kind of generic, you know, school movie plots. But it really sounds like it just, you know, it does its own thing and really, you know, it doesn't care about what anything else is doing and it just does what it does very well. I, I'm down for any movie that, you know, has a killer soundtrack and features music a lot. Um, the idea of, a, you know, a little high school band uh, sounds great, especially, you know, that Irish punk scene and everything. I have to see this movie. I've never even heard of it before. Such a fun movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Um, I saw once in the theater, like in the theater, like live, um, and loved it. It was amazing. Um, and then, yeah, I saw this one come out, and it was always one of those things where, like, I kind of forget about it, and then I'd see like a poster for it somewhere, and I'd be like, oh, I really have to check that out, and then just kind of never got around to it. So yeah, you've inspired me to check that out because um, I'm just, you know, particularly during these times, you just want something a bit warm and a bit nice. Yes. And with some good music and yeah, something that kind of fills into trope vibes a little bit in terms of like this, yeah, like the plot, like, oh, he says he's in a band, he's not like that's like we've seen that sort of thing before. But I think when it's handled with a bit more like sensitivity and a bit more warmth rather than like coming at it from like a um oh here's all like the hijinks they get up to and here's how they like fail hard or whatever like it just kind of boosts the characters out is always like something i'm really into so yeah thank you and i like oh go ahead david oh i was just gonna say you know i i like the you know there's a reason why you you know movies use tropes so much is because to an extent some of them you know it's just life you know repeats patterns Mm -hmm. and I, i love this you know i can relate so hard you know Maybe mm-hmm. you know, a little half truth to someone to impress them, you know, being like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that movie. I, I've actually seen that. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, God, I do that all the time still. And I'm nearly 30. Like, there's no getting away from it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just that feeling to want to connect and, and, and bond with someone that, you know, you, you think is maybe a fit, you know, so mm-hmm. that and it's, it's another movie on my list, Kyle. You, you give me so many good movie wrecks. I'm happy to do it. I, I will always champion the uh, the John Carney trilogy. It's not a trilogy, but you know, <laughs> once uh, sings through again, <laughs> again, just phenomenal movies about music and just kind of the love of music. And I think honestly, mm-hmm. the biggest um, like thing that can be said about these these three movies and really Sing Street the most is that it's so sincere. Um, mm. You know, like, like Olivia said, it's not really played as like the trope or like the joke of him getting into hijinks. It's like they. You know, it, it almost kind of goes in those directions and it takes some really clever swerves where like uh, Connor meets his first bandmate and it's played up as a joke at first. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? Like if we've never played together before. And then the first time they play, it's like phenomenal. Like it's a really, really good song. And so it's just, it, it's like- handled with this incredible sense of like uh, sincerity and, and care. And then, you know, like I said, it's a light movie, but when it hits those rare emotional moments, it really, really fucking hits. Like, there's some really great um, lines in there about, like, Connor, again, is kind of coming from a broken home, and he's finding his place in the school, and the girl he meets, Rafina, you know, she says, like, uh, they're having this heart-to-heart, and she tells him, like, about his songwriting. uh, She says, your problem is that you're not happy being sad, but that's what love is. It's happy sad. Um, and I, I love that line. It's so that it, again is so it veers into trope, uh, like trope quality. But it's just 
all of it is just handled with so much love and care and like sincerity. The movie ends with like a little tag that says this movie was made for brothers. So it's just like, you can tell John Carney came from a really deeply like personal place when he made this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, That's always a win for me. Um, So yeah, everyone go check out Sing Street. uh, Hella underrated fun movie. All right. We're all, we're all going to do that after this. Um, (laughs) You want to hit us with dessert? Yes, absolutely. All right. So, um, jumping from that one, I'm going to go into one that I think probably more people have seen. I think it, uh, I, this is, I, I, I don't want to say divisive, but I think it's one that it, it kind of like hit everyone at different places in their lives. I saw it in theaters and I was pretty young and I loved it because, because of how stupid it was. And I've just kind of grown a love for it because of how like the offbeat comedy is really up my alley. So I'm going for, um, the 2004 movie, Napoleon Dynamite. Um, I love this movie. I, I it's one of those that I can't explain because you watch it depends. It depends on who you watch this movie with. Like I've watched this movie with friends who have absolutely loved it, and we just quote it back and forth to each other. And other people are like, "What did you just subject me to?" Like this movie is so dumb, and I love that. Like I, I will say, I just love dumb movies. Um, and I also think that like thinking about this movie as a school movie too. I, it's set in I think. Um, it's either Idaho or Iowa, one of those eyes. <laughs> um, but it's <laughs> really small town. Like everyone knows each other and it captures that feeling better than most movies I've seen. Um, just that idea of like Napoleon, you know, he, he goes to work for the, the farmer to test out like uh, the milk from his cows. And like, it's all these really, the movie is just a string of like really stupid inconsequential scenes. And I think that's like, the kind of the secret genius of it um and then of course like the performance of john hater as napoleon is just i i know it's really dumb i love it i think he's just so fucking funny i think it's hard to really nail that deadpan uh comedy for an entire movie it starts to become like a shtick after a while and he's like he just commits to it (laughs) for the whole movie and it's so fun to watch um Jared Hess has kind of made a name off of these like weird, quirky, offbeat comedies. He's not quite on the level of Wes Anderson, but uh, I think this one is what really put him on the on the map. Um, and yeah, the movie's like best scenes are all at this this school of you know that Napoleon goes to and, and Pedro and uh, Deb. You get the really great dance scene um, mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Uh, both Napoleon's dance at the the uh the campaign rally but also like the the school dance when you know he's dancing with deb and he's like i like your I like your sleeves they're puffy um <laughs> it's it's just a dumb movie but it, it kind of like sing street is kind of like that and it's just so like jared hess knew exactly what he was doing and he was like people are probably not gonna like this movie but some people might really love it and it's kind of a cult classic now um and he knew what he was doing he committed to it and i really appreciate a filmmaker who will do that um and it's just like, it's kind of the same thing as Sing Street. It's just a comfort movie for me. Like, I'll watch this movie anytime. Like, especially when I'm sad because it's so stupid that I have to laugh at it and I forget what I'm sad about. Um, and those are the best kind of kind of movies. So, yeah. Olivia, what do you think? Um, so this movie came out when I was like 14. So I think I was like in that pocket where it was like, uh, it became... I mean, generally, it became a bit of a phenomenon when it, like, when it came out and people sort of got wind with wind of it. I think, particularly over here in the UK, it was like, um, if you knew about it, you knew about it, and like, we all kind of went crazy for it at the time. I've kind of fallen 
out of love with it I will say um just like I love a dumb movie but like I think I kind of it might just be a case of like having overdone it um but I do I do agree with you like I think John um John Hader is that who I'm talking about yeah Hader okay I was (laughs) like Bill but no that's the other guy Um, uh I think he like you say I think he he really because he was like an unknown at that time as well so like he just like bust on the scene with that and everyone was like who is this guy like yeah that was really cool I'm always grateful for when Jamiroquai get put on any map um yes like I loved Maraguay. <laughs> so when that when that happened, I was just like, okay, fine, yeah, I will take this. This is absolutely great. Um yeah, I think it's a great like obviously, yeah, I get why you picked it. Um I think I maybe just have yeah, fallen out of love with it, but I think it kind of um it sums up like a real pinch point in time, like mid naughty, like mid two thousands vibes like everyone was feeling like a bit like post um like millennium everyone was feeling like they just wanted to make whatever they wanted to make and i really res- like there were some really interesting films that came out during that time and napoleon dynamite is one of them um so yeah i really respect that pick thank you damon yes um so yeah I, I, like you said i wanted to piggyback off of what olivia just said you know it was in that time around 2004 in the summer you know you were getting a lot of those raunchy comedies teen comedies you know um American Pie was in its like heyday. I believe like American Pie 2 had just come out recently. Yeah. You're dealing with like all the teen movies with like uh, with a lot of debauchery and, and just really like flashy stuff. And then this mm. movie comes out and it's it's just this indie movie that it, it doesn't take it takes itself seriously and it's very simple. Nothing happens in this movie. <laughs> Nothing happens. Okay. You're so right. Like I'm okay. it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that they went and joined the future farmers of America and <laughs> like milked some cows. I completely forgot about that. But what sticks out to me, of course, is you know, watch uh, your uncle Rico throw this ball over those mountains. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I got you know, you got give me your tots, give me your tots. You know, um, it, it holds a special place to me because. You know, when this movie came out, I was, um, I want to say I was 13, 14, you know, right around the same age as you, uh, Olivia. And uh, mm-hmm. my, my, my age group, for some reason, where I was, I, I grew up in Louisiana. We just latched onto it. The sayings were so off kilter and different than what was like popular right then that we were like, mm-hmm. yes, give us this, give us this different, this, this offbeat humor. Uh, and we just ran with it um the dance like we would just always the dance and like literally uh every every other day you would see someone go yes with with the <laughs> like every and so like well as i would say maybe the the movie itself is maybe not the the most well put together um but it really brings me back to, to school really well because of because of the time it came out and and, and just the feeling of the fact that you know half the time in school you're not doing anything. Nothing is happening. You're, you're just, just getting by and doing, mm. just living life. Right. And so I really like this, this movie is a really sneaky good pick for that reason. So I, I really like that, Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, that takes us to Olivia's next pick. Cool. Um, so I'm going to go with, I've got um, obviously two picks left. One of them is like a pretty, niche like maybe like slightly deep cut so i'm gonna go with the more obvious one just before 
you steal it. Um, so I'm going to go with a, a seminal movie that has not, um, its shine has not dimmed in the uh, like 17 years since it was released. Um, and that is the 2003 Richard Linklater film, School of Rock. No, you oh, no. Uh, oh, sorry. That's why I said it next. Because I knew what I was going to have it. Um, but the fact that, you you know, it was, uh, that was your reaction, obviously, test, like, means that it's um, it's well-loved. Um, yeah. yes. We all love this movie. I don't know anyone that doesn't like this movie. Um and particularly it came out, you know, like around that sort of time, 2003, it was just like, it had the potential to really um, patronize the audience. Um, and it just doesn't, like I rewatched it today and I was just um, completely enamored with it again. And like, I have it on DVD and I just like put it on. Um, also, yeah, interestingly, like one of the things that I I don't often buy DVDs anymore, if ever, but one of the things I love about DVDs and I'm a big nerd for is commentaries. Mm. Um, yeah. I love listening to a commentary. I wish you could do that on demand. I wish there was an option where you could <laughs> listen to the commentaries um, because there is Richard Linklater and Jack Black do one of the commentaries for this movie and it's so good. Um, so I'm definitely like literally tomorrow going to go back and listen to that because I used to listen to it all the time. <laughs> um, anyway, so we all know the plot of this movie. I don't know that I need to go over it, but um, Jack Black pretends to be a substitute teacher and subsequently teaches a band of 10-year-olds to um, – gets a band of 10-year-olds together to form a rock band so that he can compete in Battle of the Bands and win some money to pay his rent. Um on absurdity levels, guys. How absurd is that plot right there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it works. It's it pretty works ridiculous. So well. It's pretty ridiculous. But that's what I'm. What I love about this movie is it is really dumb. Like it's a dumb <laughs> movie, but it's handled really. Uh, not. Sin- I was going to say sincerely. That's not true. But like, it, yeah, like I said, it just doesn't. Um, it's not patronizing. It doesn't like do dumb jokes for the sake of doing dumb jokes. Like all the sort of. Um, I just think so. It, this film would not have worked with anyone but Jack Black. Um, yeah. I'm not often a fan of like, not necessarily a fan of improv in movies, like where you can tell that the actor was improvising the lines. I think that that does a bit of a disservice sometimes to scriptwriters because like mm-hmm. scripts are really good, <laughs> generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, but you can tell that like Jack Black is sort of he's sticking to the script more or less, but he's sort of doing his own inflection on the words, um, and that makes them what would have been just like a regular sentence into something magical. And I think that obviously um, lends itself to the friendship with Mike White, who wrote this film, also plays the original, the OG Ned, Ned Schleibly in this film, um, uh, and also just like it's just a really great. Um, in sort of uh, the opposite to Whiplash uh, in terms of like a bad mentor, like um, who is well-trained in their craft. Um, <laughs> I think here you've got someone who is, you know, a, sh- a schlub. He's like bumbling. He's bad. He's uh, like not a nice person. Like I was rewatching it today and I was like, God, this guy's a dick. Like for the first <laughs> minutes of the movie, you're like, oh, I hate him. And he doesn't really redeem himself anytime soon. Like he's pretty like – aside from like the inspirational moments which I'll get into like he is lying to people and manipulating people right till the very end like the parent teacher conference he 
is like gross in that conference <laughs> and then they go to the final battle of bands and he obviously like wins everything around but um some of like the moments that I really uh stood out to me as like oh wow this person should really be a teacher like the whole um the bit where he gets the band together like that sort of um session where he like pulls them up from their seats um and like gets them to play different uh rock songs and then you know eventually um they all sort of like join in together and, and play the song it's like genuinely inspiring <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I like he taps into what like the kids are um interested in he like shows really good leadership skills and like connects with all the students like individually in ways that like allow them to excel um and he's just like a normal dude like he's not a music like he would count himself as a music aficionado he just likes to listen to it he doesn't know anything about it like they have got better literal music training than him but he is just like you know when he's doing that training like that um training montage like when he's getting them all together He's actually just like saying like, oh, do the like boom, ba boom on the drums. Like he doesn't have any <laughs> knowledge about what he's asking them to do, but he's just got like instinct about what feels right. And, um, you know, he really takes time to carve out like roles with the children, um, learns what they're into. And like he can, has these moments where he like senses that, um, like Zach Mooneyham the guitarist he like can tell that he's not feeling great and like kind of talks to him and gives him like a bit of a pep talk about music and how he should be like interacting with his parents and the same he think thing he does um, with one of the singers and um, I think and he does that really amazing pep talk with Lawrence the keyboard player with like the improvised like handshake that they do like the let's rock let's rock today like and it's just <laughs> so charming I think that's what I love about this movie. Like he's genuinely um, really charming and like you can tell that then he's like sort of found his niche and although he doesn't go on to be like a school teacher, he obviously creates the school of rock, which is like his proper calling, I would say. Um, And then apart from that, you've just got like a stellar supporting cast as well. Like not least like all those kids considering they were all just like musician kids that he just, they all just sort of plucked out from obscurity. They were just all, great and obviously Miranda Cosgrove went on to have a pretty successful career um you've got Jen Cusack who I just adore in everything she's in um she has a real knack for sort of making each character really unique and you can tell she sort of like disappears into it a bit and she's got like a real backstory to her character um like yeah just the way she plays it is just um perfect but yeah what I really like is just um Jack Black as Dewey Finn he doesn't um his character doesn't really have a redemptive arc. He doesn't change. He just excels when he's motivated. Um, and I think that's something that like is really important in a teacher. They don't have to be like good people necessarily. They just have to know how to interact with their students. Um, and it's just got a great soundtrack and um, it's just a banging film. <laughs> yeah, yes. absolutely. Um, I wanted to just go ahead and jump in to say that it was definitely on my top four. I was mm-hmm. this was definitely about to get drafted. So oh. I got picked by someone though, at least. Uh, it's a very well-deserved movie. Um it, it's so fun. I mean, I saw mm-hmm. it a couple months ago and I was just like, wow, it, it's so warming and and really you pretty much covered everything I wanted to say, Olivia. Uh it was mm-hmm. just really about the 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 bonding and the mentorship he had with the kids. He was so mm-hmm. and sincere with them. 
other than when he was lying and trying to, you know, win the money. The, of course, you know, it's yeah. a very weird uh, contrast with the, his two personalities. And, and it's cool to see how, you know, he realizes that, you know, he is, he, he's meant to be a teacher in some form. And I, I love those, this trope of a movie, you know, you have the person who's kind of like thrown into a situation for desperation, usually for money. And then they end up, you know, loving what they're doing and finding connections with these kids. You know, you got sister mm-hmm. act two. you have, um, you have mighty ducks, you have, um, <laughs> different kinds, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this one I think might be my favorite of them all just because Jack Black is, is one of my favorite actors. Um, he's so fun. He loves music to begin with. So you can just see how much fun he's having in this movie. Mm-hmm. And like watching the blooper reel is probably maybe one of my favorite parts of this movie mm. too. So I, I thank you for picking this movie, even though I'm mad at you right now. Sorry. Yeah. But like that bit where he's giving all the kids like their homework and you can tell he's like handpicked and you know, like, like him and the production staff had like an amazing time picking all those CDs and like the way he describes them to those kids. Like he really, you can feel it. Like you can feel that energy. Um, I love that. Yeah, it, this is probably like a really fun movie just to make. I'm sure it was just a ball mm-hmm. on set. Um, I yeah, so I I, mean, I grew up watching this movie. I loved it. I uh, it's interesting. Richard Richard Linklater is like very hit and miss for me. Um, mm-hmm. So like watching this movie, I was never aware that that was him, and I was told that much later on. I was like, wow, that's interesting because I think this is his most like accessible movie. Um, mm-hmm. He has a very uh, very specific style. Um, that works sometimes doesn't work all the time for me but this one I think is easily the most yeah it's the most accessible most palatable Um, and yeah Jack Black is magnetic in this movie definitely my favorite role of his and can I just say too like I appreciate that Jack Black is still you know it's really like such a fucking bummer to see all these actors who were so beloved back in the day are like actual pieces of shit and Jack Black is just still just this like cuddly like teddy bear like I just love Mm -hmm. that he's so pure I love Jack Black um, he's great he's the best uh but yeah i love this movie it's it's very well written it's one of those again that's just so charming and very like um it just it kind of just puts a smile on your face um great point about the kids too they all really like there's not a uh, a weak link in that group of of kids they're all really great um mm-hmm. yeah really fun movie not one I've seen in a while, but just one that. Oh, anytime, get back on it, Carl. Yeah, mm-hmm. anytime someone mentions it, I'm just like, man, it's been a while. I've got to watch that movie again, and then I just watch Whiplash mm-hmm. again. Um, but uh, it's a it's a great movie. Um, yeah, great pick. Uh, another thing I wrote down quickly, just sorry, is Joan Cusack. I was watching it today, and I literally laughed out loud. There's like a bit where she's telling off a little girl. And the girl's crying and being like, I won't do it again. And then Jen Cusack's literally like, just yells at her, would you like a hug? And like, it made <laughs> so much. She's so good. Like, she is underrated in this movie. Um, so I just wrote, I just saw in my notes, I wrote down in capital letters, would you like a hug? And I was like, what am I doing here? And then I remembered what that was. Um, that's great. Yeah, sorry, Damon. I'm sorry I took it from you. Oh, it's okay. I, I have I have some good uh, backup, so. Yeah, Um, which I guess I will reveal now. Um, Mm -hmm. So this movie, which was my third pick, so, you you know, you didn't ruin everything. (laughs) This one, I I have to go with this one, this movie, because (laughs) it gives me such good, like, such a weird feeling of, like, if you could go back to school 
you know, after like living like as an adult for a while, knowing what you know, you know, regretting what you regret uh, and in school, what, you know, what would happen if you were to go back and redo it, you know? And so this movie takes that, flips it on its head, injects some Lord and Miller humor into it, and you get 21 Jump Street. So oh, thank God. I thought you were going to go with Billy Madison for a second. I was about to dip. I was about to leave. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> hey, pissing your pants is cool. Thank um, God. Now, hey, now, now do, not, do not curse Billy Madison. That is <laughs> I'm sorry. Legendary <laughs> movie, but as a school movie, no, no, sir. No. no. But 21 Street gives us this layout of as probably one of the more up-to-date layouts of how school is, the high school experience. You know, you have the the popular kids who aren't like assholes and you know beating up people, which really throws Channing Tatum's character for a loop at first. Um you know, you you have uh, everyone's kind of conscious, and it, it the school's just you know a little bit of a different animal. So, you know, it's funny because you have these two two characters, Schmidt and Jinko, who are these undercover cops. You know, this is their big break to try to do something in the force. Uh, before this, they were just you know uh, bike cops. You know, they were just little peddlers, not doing much of anything. And so this is their break under under the awesome Ice Cube, who's running Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, great cast decision by that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just he kills it. You know, he's 110 uh, miles an hour the whole way. Um, but you know, so you have these two guys who look like they're you know at least 30 going back to high school <laughs> undercover <laughs> to try to bust uh, to figure out who's uh pushing these this new drug, uh, HFS or holy fucking shit. And that's really <laughs> what I have to say about this movie: holy fucking shit. It's it's so fun and witty throughout the entire thing. You know, it's it's fast. It doesn't. It, it allows jokes to breathe. I think, um, while also keeping the speed and the pace of the movie going. Um, I think it's just really clever how you have Schmidt and Jinko's characters uh, played by Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, respectively. You know, you have uh, uh, Schmidt who was a bit of a nerd in, in school when Jinko was more of the the jock. And we get this role switch, you know, when they go back to school, their identities get uh, confused. So they have to go back, they have to go do the criteria that's not really what they were, uh, you know, used to in high school. You, you get the really fun running with Schmidt trying to run track. Such a great thing. <laughs> uh, is really out of his depth in these bio science classes, but, you know, he makes friends with these uh, three really cool science kids who uh, actually help them, you know, with, with the task at hand. But, uh, you know, what really just really fuels this movie is the, the chemistry between uh, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum, you know, they're undercover and they're, they're going to be, they're playing as these brothers and they've been friends since they joined the Academy. And it's fun to see them, you know, trying to, uh, to re-experience the, the high school life while it's so different than what they were used to. And it's funny because Schmidt, you know, the, the, the nerd who didn't really like high school is living it up. He's with the popular kids and he's liked and, you know, he's going to join the school play. And it's great. While Jinko is with the science kids and he's, you know, not well liked, you know, he's looked at it like a bit of a bully and, you know, not very clever. And so it's just this cool, you know, clever role reversal that you get that they play with, you know, very well. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention 
the drug scene. You know, <laughs> when finally, you know, he uh, corners, he finds out that uh, Dave Franco's character, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eric is the uh, guy pushing the drugs in the high school. You know, they have to do the drugs to make sure they're cool to start helping them sell. So, you know, they take the holy fucking shit and we, we get the, the several stages of this drug, which is just one of my favorite comedic scenes, maybe in any movie. Um, but I, I, you know, as far as a school movie goes, I, I just really like this juxtaposition because like I said, it's showing these people who have already lived this life, the experience, and we get to see them go back and try it again. And it's just, it's never going to be how you thought it was going to be. It's always going to be different. You can never uh, anticipate it. And so to see their wild rides and how, where it leads them is so fun. And you get so many great lines, you know, math, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it's just, you put that tongue in your back in your mouth, boy. Uh, <laughs> this is such a great turn as the gym coach. Um, I, I love the energy of this movie, the vibe of this movie. It, it's funny. It's, it's action packed. And it really shows, you know, a really new spin on that school experience. And so for that, 21 Jump Street. What do you think, Kyle? Yeah, I uh, love this pick. I, I actually, it wasn't even on my radar. And now hearing it, it's like, oh, of course. Uh, great, great pick. I love both of these, this and 22 Jump Street. Um, I think this, uh, you know, I'm, I feel like a curmudgeonly old man when it comes to remakes. I, I'm just against it by concept alone. If it's not, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's definitely not the case with this. The Johnny Depp show is really dumb. Um, <laughs> and this is like the idea of like a perfect remake. They, you know, the, where that show takes itself way too seriously. This is the, the complete opposite. Um, they have so much fun with the concept. Uh, Lord and Miller were the perfect uh, picks for, to direct this movie. Um, I love their comedic style. They bring a lot of really fun energy to their movies. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. They work so well together. Um, again, like you said, Ice Cube as, as Captain Dixon is great. Uh, it's, a very, again, a very quotable movie. Um, and as a school movie, too, it is. they do a really, really clever job of, like, taking that idea and turning it on its head of, you know, going back to school like that, that feels like a very on paper. That feels like a very eighties movie, like Rodney Dangerfield script. Um, and then like bringing it into, I think it was like 2012 when it came out. Yep. Um, it, it, that was really clever because it, it's an eighties kind of script, but they handled it with a new kind of like very clever, sharp um, script and screenplay. And it, it works really well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love this movie. I love, uh, the second one as well but this one yeah just really sets the bar really high i agree on the drug scene it's just one of my my favorite comedic scenes ever um perfect pairing to channing and, and jonah uh they work on off each other just so well so really great pick what do you think olivia um i've not seen it oh no so... <laughs> i know this is like my whole thing like i've got my sort of like 25 movies that I watch over and over again and then I kind of don't do anything else um I really yeah like it sounds it sounds great um and like obviously I've seen it I think I've seen 22 Jump Street randomly and like I really um but maybe yeah I think I have um and I really liked their chemistry and you could tell that like I mean the second one is like obviously full of references to like oh they're like 
dodgy second turn or whatever. So, like, I really appreciated how, like, self-aware that movie was. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the first one, like, I think it obviously plays into, like, certain tropes and stuff and also subverts others by the sounds of things. So, like, I think that's really, um, yeah, really cool. I, um, I'll i check it out. Yes. Um, I will say both movies, like, you know, 22 Jump Street, I think, is just as good as 21 Jump Street. Yeah, um, twenty one. I'd say would give you the better feel of of school. You know, twenty two. Yeah, felt like it was a little bit more of an action movie. You know, mm-hmm. at college, while this was a action movie, but it was a school action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this one's more fish out of water because with the college one, they I mean they could pass for college students easily. This one is more like, how are these guys high school students? <laughs> like that's yeah. where a lot of the jokes come from. Oh, it's, it's jokes! Hilarious. The teacher played by is it Alice Kepner? That- Kipner that plays her, I think, or Alec, uh I'm not sure who plays the uh, the teacher, but there's this this teacher who just keeps oh, rubbing Ellie Kemper, yeah, that's Ellie right. Kimber, who keeps rubbing uh, hate on because she's just like, oh, hello there. <laughs> yeah. oh, God, I I do remember like the little chat coming out of that movie when it first came out was just like, oh, Chain Tatum's really funny. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I seem to remember everyone just being like, holy shit, this guy has got great timing and like he can hold his own with Jonah Hill who at the time was obviously like a like untouchable in terms of comedy movies I seem to remember everyone being like oh this guy has got it whatever you know he's got the same thing yeah um which I really respect it was this that convinced me about Channing as like a comedic talent and then it was the Foxcatcher like that really told me that he's a great dramatic actor as well like I was not Mm -hmm. on the Channing boat for a while but those two movies yeah they're he he's a kind of a very slept on talent um i'm glad mm. a lot more people are kind of uh jumping on that train but he yeah he's that's a great point he's really really good in this movie holds his own with not just jonah hill but like you've got i mean you've got jake johnson you've got nick offerman um like we said ice cube dave franco like a lot of really rob riggle a lot of really great comedic talents and channing mm. tatum just kind of anchors the movie you're on the well. channing choo-choo train Absolutely. Sorry. I have to say, every time you were talking about Schmidt, I was literally just like, can you go? Like, I yes. was mind, and then you just said Jake Johnson, and I'm like, is this <laughs> what's going on? Okay. But yeah, no, cool. This podcast stands for New Girl. We will have New Girl. Mm-hmm. 1,000%. Uh, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. Jake Johnson before plenty. So it'll it'll happen. Good stay. Okay, good. Um, so, okay. I, I am going from 21 Jump Street, and I'm going to yet another Jonah Hill classic, The Super Bad. Of course. I knew you were going to see that, yeah. <laughs> um, it, for one, it, it made my film festival draft yeah. as one of my favorite movies. Um, and so when I was thinking about school movies, I almost wanted to kind of maybe leave it off at first because I was like, I've talked about it, and... You know, I wanted to, you know, highlight these other movies and what I think about them. But at the end of the day, I was like, I love Superbad. And it's such a well done school movie. Um, you know, it hits a lot of those points that we've talked about for uh, the other movies. You know, it's it feels like the most important thing in the world is is they have to get that alcohol for this party to impress Jules and the girls. You know, they have to, you know, save the day. They have to be popular. And that's all that matters right now to these kids, you know of course to get laid that's really what the you know the the main th- the goal was which is also a main driving point in half of the school movies out there um mm-hmm. and so 
I, but I, I just love the relationship between Seth and Evan in this movie, you know, that friendship, you know, I, I've had it with a couple of friends growing up, you know, you're just, you know, everything about each other, you're assholes to each other, you would do anything for each other. And you just can't imagine what's life going to be like when you can't just like, be like, Hey, you know, I'm coming over in 10 minutes. Let's okay. Let's come on over and hang out for the next hours and then do it over again the next day. And, you know, and that uncertainty that you get towards the end of the movie of, you know, like, Hey, this might be the last thing we do together. What's going to happen when we go off to college is so real, especially after living through that and experiencing it. Um, it holds an even more special part in my heart um, to go along with just how fucking funny this movie is. I mean, the the music, the McLovin scene in the convenience store just getting punched out. Um, the 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 dick scene in the Notebook is classic. Um, I, I you know I saw this in theaters. This was my first R-rated movie. I saw it with a bunch of friends, and that scene was just talked about forever for the next few months. It was just you guys such dudes. <laughs> I mean, boys will be boys. I'm sorry. Oh God. <laughs> We will laugh at good jokes <laughs> all the time. Um, so, you know, I don't want to talk too much about Super Bad because I, I, I did in length that in the other podcast episode. Go listen to it if you haven't, guys. Um, but Super Bad just really shows the importance of that, those, those really close friendships and what they mean, you know, and how important they are and what can happen, you know, at the, at the very end of it. And, you know how you'll always kind of remember it. So, super bad. My last movie of my uh, A team of school movies. I love it, Olivia. What do you think? Yeah, I mean it's it's a classic. It was like um, I feel like it um, changed like it kind of was one of those movies that when it came out, it kind of changed the game in terms of. I feel like we've said this a bunch this show, but like it kind of expanded what like a high school movie could be and made it a bit like um they talk how people that age talk you know like it's it seemed very like grounded in reality even all the like all these weird things happened to them that night um super bad walked so book smart could run that's what i will say um um, so yeah but um yeah it's like a quintessential dude movie i get the pick you know <laughs> i get it it's a good, it's a good pick. <laughs> yes you know i you know i haven't actually asked as many many girls what their thoughts are on this movie you know how what does it feel like to you is it just one of those you know pretty much stoner comedies that you just you know don't connect to as much yeah i think i think there's a lack of connect there especially like like the whole bit with the period thing like that like and everyone's like it's like you know it's it's a really funny movie but then like I just remember like watching it with a load of guy friends and like there were girls there as well and we were like all of us girls and it's like one of those real things where we were just like so and they were all just like oh and we were just like dudes like (laughs) you've got to get your head around this stuff if you're gonna get on with anyone um so it was like a real it was one of like those kind of watershed moments I feel with like a mixed uh gender group of friends where you're just like is this what you're all like like that's what we were sort of all like to each other and um so I feel like it opened up a lot of um certainly in like the people I was hanging out with it opened up like some kind of interesting chats but mostly it was just like 
teenage boys sniggering in a corner and you're like come on man like <laughs> but um yeah for, uh, I think um I get like I get it I just don't maybe yeah connect with it in the same way that you do or like other dudes do but um I do understand it as being like a seminal um young man movie <laughs> well, yeah thank you uh what do you think Kyle <laughs> that's sorry <laughs> um i first of all I, I i love what you said about this about you know this walking so booksmart could run i was gonna say the same thing i think booksmart is um i booksmart is i think pr- probably the more nuanced take on this movie and uh i love that movie i'm really glad i caught it i i, me- I remember kind of putting it off for a while and caught it like the last mm. week it was in theaters and i was really glad i did um so if you're listening you haven't seen that movie please check out booksmart um Mm-hmm. But yeah, super bad. I mean, you know, Damon and I talked about this a lot on the the other episode. But um, to have like Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah are enough to like make me love this movie. That comedic duo is just iconic. But to have mm-hmm. that duo paired with the duo of Seth Rogen and Bill Hader as the two police officers, like that. I mean, they, they are easily my favorite part of the movie. They're so fucking funny. Um, I have a huge crush on Bill Hader anyway, so that's a big part of it. But mm-hmm. uh, they're they're the best um yeah damon you covered it i mean this movie is just like it, it, it i think it's weird to think that it came out in 2007 because that that feels like at both like both a long time ago and like just last year um and this movie just kind of feels like a like a time capsule like it it, it did kind of set the bar for these kinds kinds of movies mm-hmm. coming after it um uh I, I don't think that it was my first R-rated movie, like you said, Damon, like in theaters, but it was one of the first and it was kind of the, one of those things where it was like, wow, like this, this movie is pushing the envelope like hardcore. And mm-hmm. I like that. I, I love that it's doing that unabashedly. Some of it's a tough look, but like, I love that it kind of just like they knew, again, this is kind of a theme with a lot of these movies. They knew exactly what they were making, like what kind of movie they were making. And you can tell, I mean, you know, Seth and Evan, those names come straight from, Seth Rogen and, and Evan Goldberg, like this is so mirrored by their own experiences um, as friends. And so I love that. And I, I definitely agree that it feels like an underrated aspect of the movie is the friendship between Seth and Evan, because it's such a raunchy comedy and that's kind of what people remember. But the, the friendship between uh, the two of them is just like, it, it is really kind of like sweet and heartwarming kind of sneakily. Um, so yeah, I love that. Great pick, Damon. You know, I will say, yeah, I I've got... go, go, go ahead and I'll Olivia. Sorry, um, I was just gonna say, yeah, like the thing that sells this movie for me that would make me rewatch it is the chemistry, like between, like you say, Carl, like between um, Seth and Evan, and then like, yeah, between Seth Rogen and Bill Hader, like without that, like without that chemistry really like soaring, I probably would take, like, would like reject this pick more, but like it, the, the, um, that chemistry really does make it work. Sorry, go on. No, it's all good. Um, you know, I don't remember what I was going to say. But you know what? <laughs> Sorry, it's all good. It's all good guys. Um, but I, I had to go super bad. It, like, it's just one of my favorite. Oh, I remember. I remember. Um, I want to say real quick that a part of Judd's movies, a lot of them, honestly, are super underrated in the the human aspect of them. You know, he often yeah. talks about. He writes his movies as dramas, and he adds in the humor after. So. You know, some some of the movies does it better than others, but I think Superbad uh, at the you know the base of it is their relationship, Seth and Evans, and I think without it, the movie falls. So, mm-hmm. so 
All right. Yeah. I Sorry. Um, are you ready for your last pick of the of the draft? Yeah, um, I am. Um, so this one, I've kept my like nichest one for last because I knew it probably wouldn't get picked. But it's not like a... Um... Yeah, so it's a British movie. Um, it was made in 2006 and it's called Starter for 10. I don't know if either of you have heard of it. I have so. Okay. Um, so it's based on a book by um, an author called David Nichols. He wrote One Day. So oh, that got my into goodness. That um, so, yeah, he wrote One Day. He also wrote a book called The Understudy, which is, like, my favourite book. He wrote this book called Starter for Ten, um, and he also wrote the screenplay for this movie. Um, this movie was co-produced by Tom Hanks, weirdly, I found out when I rewatched <laughs> it the other weekend. Um, so basically it's a... Uh, the star of the movie is James McAvoy um, and we're catching him in 2006. So we're catching him the year after um, Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe and we're catching him the year before Atonement. So he's in like this real sweet spot where he's done like a, a big blockbuster movie in a supporting role and then he has like a lead in a blockbuster the year after and we're catching him at like this sort of like period that a lot of British actors go through where they do like a um, like a British movie to sort of like bolster their career or whatever <laughs> um so it's like a rite of passage university movie um set in the uk in 1985 um so just to like give some background because there's a lot of like british specific stuff so bear with me um so we're set in 1985 so the political climate then is like margaret thatcher is the prime minister she's like super conservative um she created a lot of like class and social like um barriers like between like the upper class and the working class and the this book and movie is like set during that time um so there's also so the name start of a 10 comes from this uh, movie is about um a, it's got a plot line running through it about a tv show called university challenge um this tv show is real like i watch it um it's two teams of four from different universities are like quizzed. It's just like a standard quiz show, but it's like super highbrow questions. Like the show itself is regarded as quite like elitist um, to the point, like if you watch it and then you get a question right on it, you would like go into school the next day and be like, oh my God, I got a question right on University Challenge last night. Like that's, if you get one question right in that whole show, you're like bragging about it. Um, and the way they ask the questions is he says like, this is your start of a 10, which is like the first question for 10 points. Anyway. So the movie is about Brian Jackson, played by James McAvoy. Um, he grows up in Essex, which is like an outlier county of London um, in like a working class family. Um, he watches University Challenge with his mum and his dad when he's little. And it really like becomes a part of him. His dad dies when he's young and it becomes like a real part of him that they watch that together. And he sort of like clings on to this thing that when he gets a question right, his dad was really proud of him. So he kind of like pursues intelligence. Um, um, and you cut to like 10 years later and he's going to Bristol University in England to study English literature. Um, and he's leaving behind two friends that are sort of like not going to university. Um, they're just getting jobs and like staying in the town where they grew up. And you can tell that he kind of like thinks of himself as like better than them or like, you know, more uh, sm like uh, smarter than them basically. Um, and you can tell that like he is going to university and he thinks that's where he's going to be accepted. Um, and he's quite like 
smug about his knowledge. Like he goes to university and he starts quoting like really obvious weird stuff to people in the hopes of impressing them um Mm -hmm. and they're just like what are you doing um he's got like this real romanticized view of education um literally in one point in the movie he says to another character like i just like knowing things so it's pretty clear that like he's not going to learn more he just wants to be surrounded by people that will listen to him (laughs) um so he joins the the team that want to try out for university challenge there's like a quiz team of four of them the head of that team is played by pre-Sherlock Benedict Cumberbatch so you're seeing yeah um there's some real the cast in this movie I'll go into it but it's like incredible um and he joins this team and falls in love with this beautiful girl called Alice played by Alice Eve who you'll know she was um Carol Marcus in Star Trek Into Darkness um and she's been like a bunch of things um uh he falls in love with her she's beautiful blonde he also meets another girl played by Rebecca Hall who is like a self described left-wing socialist non-zionist jew um that's how she describes herself um and he promptly says like oh some of my favorite people are jews you know albert einstein and she's literally just like what are you talking about it's so crazy. it's like horrible um and it's just the movie is like about him making all these real errors in judgment and like who he tries to do um and his sort of falling out of love with the situation he's in he thinks he's going to go there and be lauded as like this member of the intelligentsia um they get the quiz team that they're in get to the tv recording of university challenge um and brian james mcavoy accidentally discovers an envelope with all the answers to the quiz questions in it um and reads them and then when the show is recording he's doing really really well he like knows what he's doing he's genuinely coming up the answers himself and then suddenly the quiz master says okay a question about astronomy and he buzzes in with the answer before it's even been asked um so they get sent home and he um falls into like this depression and then decides to get his shit together and go back to uni and picks the right girl and re-conjures all his friendships with his friends from home and so that's kind of like a real overarching basic plot it's like a real british movie uh very um yeah, mid two thousands British movie. The cast is incredible. Like I said, we've got James McAvoy, Alice Eve, Rebecca Hall, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, James Corden randomly is in this movie. Like <laughs> I don't like him. he's in this movie. Um, Catherine Tate, who you'll know from the US Office, she was oh, in yeah. the later season. Um, Mark Gatiss, who played Moriarty in Sherlock. Um, Mycroft. Your friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Mycroft. That's right. Um, uh, your friend of mine, Tywin Lannister, is in this movie. Uh, Charles Dance. Um, he is naked in this movie, just so you know. Um, if that wants to get, you know, if you want to watch for that reason. Um, um, but yeah, uh, I picked this movie because um, it really highlights um, a lot of things that are interesting about the UK school system in particular, um, in the sense that if you are perceived to be like intelligent at school, you get put on this track and you are told that you are intelligent and you get told you are going to university and then like I, f- I was in that stream and then I fell off it at the where we were going to go to university. Then I got my friends who went to university, they got there and they were sort of what I was talking about Flash. You believe your own hype um, and you get somewhere and then you realise there is such a big leap between what you're used to at school and then what you experience when you go to university. Um, and that's like the fault of the education system. It's not the fault of these kids that are going through it. 
um, you're going somewhere completely alone. You're making stupid mistakes. Like Brian in this movie, he like falls in love with the wrong girl. He like slips grades. He accidentally gets high and bumps into um, Charles Dance, who plays the gorgeous girl's dad. Um, well, no, sorry, bumps into her mum in the kitchen and she's naked. And then he like hits on her and she's like, what are you doing? Um, and then Charles Dance comes in and he's naked as well. And, like, it's just an out, like he just these really awful things. Um, and then he just sort of takes some time away for himself and he realizes like what he really wants to do and who he really wants to spend time with. And I think that's like a real common um, journey that people go through when they go through the education system. Like it's probably not what they expect um, and they might struggle a little bit with it. And they kind of have this sort of sense of uh, intelligence that maybe they aren't quite at yet um and uh it's just a really great movie actually like um James McAvoy is really good in it he has this sort of like real like almost like Essex accent which is very particular it's almost like London um accent which takes a little while to get your ear around but um he's really like sells this sort of awkward buffeting loser that's trying to impress people all the time and I think it's just really um really charming so yeah I would definitely recommend this movie um and that's my last pick okay Damon what do you think um so of course I've, I haven't seen it but um just from the cast alone <laughs> I would be down to give it a shot <laughs> but once you uh, you know broke it down of what happens I, I love these kind of movies you know the uh it gives you the kind of like the person who's almost like a prodigy or, you know, a person who's talented and then they get into a new uh, atmosphere that really challenges them. It shows them that they're the lowest, you know, rung on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're really not much of anything. Um, and I, I love that because that, you know, so many people can relate to that, mm-hmm. that, that jump from high school to college can be so in, intense, especially for, for those who the school system pumps up full of confidence and, and false hope like of course i was a part of that system over here in america as mm-hmm. well uh, i was part of the uh, eh expanded horizons uh group. it was very uh you know for the uh the you know the the kids who were you know just you know flying through through the grades and uh was you know very gifted mm-hmm. i should say and, you know it just you really set us up for failure going forward you know it just really inflated our sense of of intelligence you know Mm -hmm. which really was damaging going forward in life when you were just like wow i'm really not that intelligent you know (laughs) there's so many people who are just as much if not more who have more drive you know because it really takes away your drive in in school you know when you're told these things you maybe don't try as hard Mm -hmm. um so i really appreciate you watch this yeah great I, I i think yeah all it takes is like finding your people and like taking a bit of time to like acclimatize and stuff like that but i think people could sort of go into it head on yeah i certainly know a lot of people that over here that went to uni and then a bunch of them dropped out in the first year because they were just like i don't enjoy it um and i think it's uh it really just portrays that um this movie portrays that kind of sense of wonderment and also just like complete isolation really really beautifully yeah, I um, I also have not have not seen this movie, but it um, 
like Damon said, just off the cast alone. And then also you mentioned David Nichols. So I recently watched um, One Day for the first time, and now I'm mm-hmm. just starting the book already. I'm in love with it. Um, that movie made me like In Hathaway, which I didn't think was possible. Um, Ooh, it's big same. <laughs> uh, but uh, y'all will talk ill of hey, what's I okay. mean, you know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this movie, yeah, this sounds incredible. I really love the the premise um it sounds like a really unique story um mm-hmm. i loves me some james mcavoy and like you said this is a really like great uh <laughs> this is like a sweet spot for him um coming off of you know narnia and heading into atonement this is uh getting to see he's such an incredible actor so getting to see where that all started that's that's interesting and i i love the uh the other cast members you mentioned um but yeah this sounds like a really unique movie um I am, you know, researching it on the side. It looks like it's on HBO Max. So I know what I'm doing when this podcast ends. Um, it's, it sounds really interesting. So, uh, yeah, you yeah, have my my interest. <laughs> I would say, uh, and I, oh, sorry, go on. I just, I, you know, I like that, you know, you represented a, you know, a British school experience, you know, mm-hmm. that's not magical. Like Hogwarts, <laughs> because, you know, uh, so many school movies, especially the ones we listed are, you know, mainly American and it's, I, I bet it is a fairly different kind of vibe that you get from the experiences. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think there's a lot more like um, weight put on like um, you're going to an institution. Like it seems it's almost I feel like maybe. Um, yeah, I think there's just like two different streams that people get put in and it's like you either go to university or you like become like go into a trade and there's like not much in between. And this film, I think particularly in like the the um time it's set in, like nineteen eighty five, there's a lot of um the other girl, Rebecca, um, played by Rebecca Hall, she is like really into protests, um, and she's like always handing out flyers for like different things and it just kind of highlights what was going on at that time as well, um, in the UK. Um, I think it just paints a really like sweet snapshot of um British, I think if you want to learn a little bit more like about British life, it's it's not a bad place to go to. Um, it's pretty unique and full of a lot of like Britishisms, which are like very dry, um, very cringe-worthy. A lot of people just trying to be polite but just dying inside. That's like a big thing for us. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think it's a good place to start. So yeah, I hope you check it out. Also, I would say Benedict Cumberbatch. I would say that he has gone a bit OTT for me in terms of the way he acts stuff. Um, um, I don't think I'm his biggest fan anymore. Like I think after Sherlock season two, I kind of fell out of love with him a little bit. Um, But in this movie, he is so over the top and so hammy, but it is perfect. Like he's just having, he's like a supporting character at best. He's like not in the movie very much, but he is so hammy. Like I would watch it for his performance alone. Um, yeah 10 out of 10 recommend love that um okay well i guess that takes you gonna go for it yeah my, my final pick um all right well this is funny because i feel bad because i've gone with like some well okay so my list is a little balanced between some kind of happy-go-lucky ones this one's a little it's a, kind of a sad movie but uh i had this movie this is definitely the most like intensely personal movie for me on this list um so for my last pick i'm gonna go with uh perks of being a wallflower um i think this movie is just uh 
the like the one word I would use to describe this movie is just human. Like it's just it really captures like the human experience, um, even going beyond like it being a school movie. Uh, so you know, if you if for those listening, if you haven't seen it, um, the Percy Bean Wallflower is basically it's based on a, on a novel um, directed by the the author, um, and uh, it stars Logan Lerman as uh, Charlie, who um, starts at this this new high school. Um, He's very introverted. He's a freshman um, and he's kind of taken under the wing of two seniors, uh, brother and sister, um, Sam played by uh, our girl, Hermione Granger, <laughs> Emma Watson and, uh, <laughs> and Patrick played by Ezra Miller. Um, and uh, it's just kind of like a, it it's, feels like a kind of a classic kind of coming of age school movie of him. You know, he's a freshman. He's very shy and keeps to himself. Um, that's kind of the surface level of the movie. And then as it kind of dives into, it really dives into why he is the way he is. And it, it's a pretty kind of heartbreaking movie. Um, but like I said, above all, it's just a very human movie. Um, the script is phenomenal. I think that Steven Chbosky, um, who, like I said, he wrote the book as well, um, just really captures like that feeling. And I kind of touched on this with Sing Street of like feeling lost when you're in high school. Um, adding to that, obviously some really intense experiences that Charlie has had growing up, but um, he really kind of finds this, like this uh, dysfunctional family with, uh, with Sam and Patrick. And he has this, uh, this romance with, with Sam, this kind of, it's not a will they or won't they, but it's just like this, this budding connection, um, which is really like pure. Um, And Ezra Miller, who I, uh, I have yet to, I've yet to see him, and anything else that really wowed me. But in, in this movie, I think he's practically um, Oscar worthy. I think he's phenomenal in this movie. Um, he is just, he's equally like hilarious and heartbreaking as Patrick um, provides the biggest laughs. And then in the next scene is, is making you cry. Uh, he's yeah, he's a great, great ca- uh, character. And then um, you get like Paul Rudd has uh, Logan Lerman's teacher, his English teacher, um, playing a very decidedly non-Paul Rudd character, <laughs> um, very subdued, and he's not really in much of the movie, but he provides um, a lot of the best lines, and he's just this really great kind of side mentor character to Logan Lerman. Um, I, I love Paul Rudd, but this is just, I love that this is kind of a different take uh, than what he usually does with his characters. Um, you also get you know some more great supporting cast members, I and mean, you get Dylan McDermott as uh, Logan's father, uh, Nina, Nina Dobrev is his sister. Um, you get Melanie Linsky as his, uh, his aunt, um, and, uh, Mae Whitman in an early role, um, as one of his fellow classmates, um, a lot of really, really great supporting performances, but the movie I think is anchored by, by Logan Lerman. Um, he's just phenomenal. Uh, he's wowed me since in a lot of things, but I think that he really like, you know, first of all, I just think that the Percy Jackson movies are not his fault. I hate those movies, but I think that he, like he did, he did his best with a really awful script. Um, but I, yeah, I, I love him in this movie. He's, uh, again, this movie is just really personal to me. I relate really hardcore to his character. Um, and I think that it's just, uh, it's a really great snapshot of like what it is to kind of like when you find those people in school who are like your tribe, it's, it makes all the difference. It can be like practically life-saving. Um, and so, and then just the ending, like, the, the ending monologue he has about them being, you know, infinite. It's just really like, it's, I'm getting chills thinking about it. It's really heartwarming. It's a, it's just a very pure kind of human movie. Um, 
I honestly think like more than a lot of these movies, I think they're very seminal school movies. This one, I think it's just a very essential um, movie in general. Um, I think that it just like, it will impact you in some way. You'll, you'll relate to something in this movie, um, whether it's Charlie himself or, or something else, but you can definitely just kind of like the breakfast, the breakfast club, you can find yourself in, in one of these characters, but it's a, incredibly um well written well directed just a really really like pure movie what do you think olivia um oh let me go again i've never seen this oh no sorry i'm doing really badly here gang um but i mean i think even just from like you saying about it i mean the bit that i'm aware of is because um heroes by david bowie is like one of my favorite songs and then yeah. There was a period of time whenever I played it, I like, because I was one of those fun people who would play a song like that at a party. Um, <laughs> people would be like, "Oh, from Pecks of Being a Wallflower," and I was just like, "What?" <laughs> and like that was like a thing for a while. Um, so I was like that asshole being like, um, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> um, but that kind of like put that film on my radar a little bit. But I never kind of. Um, I think every time I felt like I wanted to watch it, I was aware that it was like quite an intense movie, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this to myself right now because <laughs> I think I know that, like it's quite intense but like even just you talking about it like the personal experience you had with it obviously like um makes me watch it I think when someone tells me like oh I, this movie helped me or like I found this in this movie if someone can like relate it to me in a way that means something to them I'm more inclined to sort of give it a go um so yeah I will definitely be watching it and also like those three in the main cast like I think they were all doing really interesting work around that time. Like yeah. um, Ezra Miller doing, we need to talk about Kevin. Hmm. Um, Great movie. I think that he just gives me the, the wigs after that anyway. Because <laughs> um, he was so good in that. But um, And like uh, Emma Watson doing like all the sort of like Hollywood movies she started doing around that time. Um, and that was obviously like, I think it was like, was it Logan Lemon's like breakthrough role? Maybe. Yeah. I think he, in uh, any other stuff? the, 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 young adult fantasy novel that i won't talk about uh came out two years oh, sorry. before it but uh <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise yeah, this, was, this, this was the one that really put him on the map for sure yeah yeah um yeah and i think like they're obviously a really strong cast um and they obviously like you say have really good chemistry so yeah i'm interested in, yeah i definitely will give it a shot i'm gonna have a big list of movies to watch after this <laughs> podcast what about you david um, I, I really enjoy this movie. I haven't gone back to it, I think, enough since I've seen it. Um, but I, I just really enjoyed the novel so much. Um, and the movie does a really well, good job, I, I think, of adapting it into a movie uh, form. Uh, Logan Lerman is very good in that role. Emma Watson's fantastic. I, I just really love the the feelings I get watching this movie from what I can remember. it It was just, you know, it's a really pivotal point you know in a in a kid's life you know uh and it's so it shows just how important like like kyle said how those people that you connect with and that you become friends with how important they can be um at that time because you don't know what's going to happen afterwards you don't you really don't know much of anything of what's going on in life you just are trying to learn and go as as it happens you just know you're you know, you're in school and you're, you're told all these things of what you're supposed to do and what, who you're supposed to be. And, and so I, I love these coming of age movies in general, just because of, you know, of showing that, you know, showing characters at that point in their lives. And for this movie to show 
how important it is to have that, especially when you have trauma and it shows just what trauma can do to, uh, to you at that age. And, and so I, I love this movie and to show that, you know, them being able to help them, you know, recover and grow and heal. Uh, it, I, like, I think that's really important. And I, I just love this movie and the emotions that uh, it garners from me. So great. Pick, thank you. Kyle. Thank you. Well, I um, think that, I think that that settles it. These are, the only mm-hmm. school movies that if you're listening, these are the only school movies that you ever need to watch. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm interested in um, what you guys had as reserves. Um, Damon, go ahead. Okay. So uh, my up, my next movie that was going to come off the board, if anything else was stolen, was going to be Grease. <laughs> Love Grease. Um, I've seen that movie more than I've ever seen any movie ever. And I don't know if any movie will catch up. Damon, I, like, my, sister, <laughs> my sister and I watch that movie as kids like all the time. It's so catchy. The music is just amazing. I'm, <laughs> there, there's a lot. I'm a god. I'm a ghast. Yeah. I can't believe this is your top watched movie. That's shocking. Yeah, I would have guessed anything but Grease, but I love that. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, it's great. It's great. What gave me my love for musicals? Mm. Yes, that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh. And then I had like Dazed and Confused. Um, of course, I had 10 Things I Hated About You mm-hmm. and Clueless, which honestly, I'm kind of upset didn't get picked. Was yeah, it was going to be one of mine. It was Clueless, you said? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Very good one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, what was y'all's uh, reserves, guys? Go on, Kyle. Um, so, yeah, Whiplash was one that kind of floated around for a while. Um, I also, so this is one that like, Whenever we do these episodes, I always want one in my back pocket that I know is like really niche that I know no one has seen. <laughs> I'll just be like, no one's going to pick this. So I'll be fine. Um, I, I didn't mm-hmm. end up going with it, but it's a uh, Hello, Mary Lou prom night too. Uh, just based off that title alone, right? No. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, it's a. Uh, That's my favorite. What are you talking about, it's Kyle? A, it's a horror movie from the eighties. And it's very much like a, so basically it's Mary Lou is this girl who is killed in the fifties and comes back to possess a student in the eighties. So it's one of those, just, I'll say it's one of those. I have a, a horrible <laughs> bad taste tendency of loving these terrible eighties horror, horror movies, but it, uh, that more than most horror movies, even more than something like scream is like that, like epitomizes high school, um, in the fifties and eighties so well. Um, another mm-hmm. one in the same, kind of the same vein was back to the future, um, but I just, mm-hmm. that movie, I think of as just like a classic or like as a great sci-fi movie far before I think of it as like a school movie. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think we would have let that one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and then oh. I, I had a few Harry Potter movies kind of floating. Um, I'm going to stick with Goblet of Fire, but I, I had, I was going to go back and forth between that and Prisoner of Azkaban because they're kind of mm-hmm. along the same line of like, things are starting to get really you know real and feelings are starting to grow and you know all that classic school shenanigans mm-hmm. <laughs> um olivia what about you um yeah so when i was talking about 10 things i hate about you i was talking about like my trifecta of teen high school movies and the other two that would have been backups were clueless and also bring it on um oh wow bring it on is an incredible movie and this is what i was saying like those two movies i watch more like i've seen both those movies hundreds of times um but i think 10 things about you i 10 things I hate about you I think I prefer to talk about like I think I had more to say about it um 
what was the other ones I had? Uh, Rushmore was mm. one I had on there. Yeah. Um, I had Kindergarten Cop was on there. <laughs> yes. Which I kind of wish I had done, but I didn't get around to watching it in time. Otherwise, I would have definitely put it on the list because what a movie. Um, Love, Simon. I was just going to throw that in for a bit of like queer representation as well because I love that movie. Um, do, do, do. Yeah, there was a couple floating around. Like I was going to pull Prisoner of Azkaban out of, the, out of the bag if I needed it because of Lupin. You know, yeah. Kyle, you know, you know the score with Lupin. Of course. He's the best teacher ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just... I, it's just interesting to sort of hear what kind of gets put to the top or whatever cool so that's that's interesting too just one last thing i'll say about so you said love simon i think that um is encouraging so if you check out perks of being a wildflower very similar um vibe uh i actually um just watched love simon uh, a few weeks ago for the first time and i got Mm -hmm. really similar vibes between the two movies okay cool yeah great all right, guys. Uh, those are great lists, and I have some movies to go watch, guys. Um, so I don't know. I think we should wrap this up. <laughs> I, I, but uh, do you have any other uh, thoughts on any of the movies that we did? Uh, favorite pick out of the whole draft? Um, my favorite that Olivia picked was definitely Whiplash, just because um, I was mad I didn't get it, but also just like it, looking at it through the London <laughs> school movie is, is very creative and it makes it, it, it just gives another layer to an already really layered incredible movie. Um, and then mm-hmm. with Damon, uh, I got to go with uh, 21 Jump Street um, because that's one that I was not even on my radar. But then again, like I said, as soon as you picked it, I was like, oh, that that's why didn't I think of that? That's a that's a great pick. So, yeah. What do you think, Olivia? What's your favorite pick? Um, I think from Kyle, I would go um, Sing Street just because it came out of nowhere and like I haven't seen it, but I think I was just like that was the one where I was like, oh, that's really uh, like an interesting way to sort of like take that the brief. Um, and then Damon, I think just Mean Girls because like it's just like the quint. I think that's like a lot of people's first like thoughts when they think about um, high school movies. And I think it just like broke through some barriers and did some really interesting things with the, with the genre at the time. So yeah, I like that a lot. What about you, David? Um, I, so school of rock because for obvious reasons, I wanted it so bad, Um, but (laughs) such a really, I think under overlooked school movie, just overlooked movie in general, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it really needs to get more credit for how fun and warm it is. And hopefully, you know, people just start talking about it more. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's considered like a cult classic or anything, but, you know, maybe it could hit that level one day. Yeah, um, and for, sure. then for Kyle, also Sing Street, just because of how fun that movie sounds, even though I haven't mm-hmm. seen it, uh, just the like the vibes I get from the, this, this, the, the description makes me want to watch it right now. And I feel like I'm going to really, really like it. So seems great um but i want to you know i think all of these are really good movies guys yes mm-hmm. really good lists um uh, as always you know if you if you at home uh agree disagree um only if you agree no i'm just kidding uh as always <laughs> if you have feedback please let us know at uh planet fantasy podcast at gmail.com with your thoughts and comments and questions um and if you have ideas for you know upcoming topics or if you'd like to be a guest on our show we would obviously love to have you um but yeah i think that's i think that's going to do it for us right 
Yeah, I believe so. Thank you so much for joining us again, Olivia. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was really nice to be back. Uh, will you come back and see us again maybe one day? Absolutely. I think we've got we've gone through plenty of things this evening where we're, we're all just like, okay, we need to talk about that again <laughs> soon. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I'll be back if that's okay. Yes, good. Absolutely. We would love to have you. Um, Kyle, it was good talking to you again. Yes, sir. And, you, and everyone else, thanks for tuning in. But until next time, we'll see you then. See you guys. Bye. Thank you.